Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DeathRowProds.com comic book podcast. But as always, I'm dead. From Jumper Day, we have Nico. What up, bitches? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean so, yeah. women and men. <laughs> just, so, yeah. Just We're here. Uh, normally, yes. this show would have gone up last week, but um, I, through various scheduling things, was unable to wrangle together people for a podcast last week. Yes. Because people <laughs> have lives outside of this, and if I paid them, they might be more likely to come up and do this shit. But unfortunately, as it is, this website is not making enough money to be able to pay people. <laughs> One day, maybe, though. But until so... then, until then, we <laughs> do this. But until that, but until then, they, the guys, like Vigo, who I assume enjoy doing this <laughs> to some degree, yes. <laughs> yeah, come by when they can. Come by when yeah. they can. Uh, just in between the schedule and stuff. That's why. That's why Birdie and Nico have not been on the podcast together in like a year. <laughs> no, we 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 got one in before uh, this po- <laughs> the last the last episode we did. Well, yeah, anyway, and also, uh, I have been very lax lately on actually getting these things posted and uploaded on time. We've all been slacking. (laughs) Yes, so this week, hopefully, represents a chance to get back to the rhythm of things. Yes. But given how we usually record these and how late we're recording this, this is probably going to be late anyway. And by late, I mean a couple of hours, not a couple of days. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, I just I guess just going forward um, with podcasts where it, each of us are recording our own audio. First thing uploaded is going to be a the master mix, which is just the recorder with everybody's audio from the thing. And then once I get their audio, I'm going to be doing the main. I'm going to be mastering it all and getting that re-uploaded, uh, replacing the original file. So yeah, that way you'll be able to get things earlier. With especially recordings like this, where we're recording it on the day we're supposed to be posting it. That way you'll be able to get things earlier, and I and then I will be able to get the action and I'll be able to actually take some uh, take some pressure off of myself to have to edit things the second and like have to and like keep me from pestering people to send me their stuff. Hey, I've been better with that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, no, that's a good explanation rundown of current status quo. If for any regular listeners, I know it's very important to tune into any podcast you do currently listen to for them to be out in a timely manner and for them to be there when you expect them. So, yeah, that's a good explanation because that is how people fall off a podcast. And now, that's probably a good opportunity. I'm sure you were. I don't want to prompt you, but you also got the Patreon going for the site right now, which is a new link, I believe you said. Why, well, yes, we right? do. Yeah, so you can. Uh, our Patreon is now up at Patreon is now up for. I guess. Well, it's still up. It was. It's been up for a while, but now it's up at Patreon.com/slash/DeathStoreProds. Yeah, so you know, uh, throw us some money, and then yeah, the link in the sidebar on the website, uh, the big little banner thing I have there, which isn't blocked by ad blockers because it is not technically an ad, or the code in it doesn't register as an ad for ad blockers. Right. Yeah, so that links you over to our Patreon. Link in the description will take you over to the Patreon, as well as the link in the sidebar on SoundCloud. Mm. 
And yeah, that, that'll absolutely uh, help continue for us to pump out the shows more uh, in a timely manner and hopefully for all three of us to be on the show consistently. Yeah, but well. like, yeah. like keep in mind that even if even if people don't, we will still keep doing the show as best oh, yeah. as we can. We, we still we'll want to do the show. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying throw us money or else we're stopping the show. <laughs> yeah, that's not – Patreon is not an ultimatum. <laughs> no, 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 no. You misunderstood me. <laughs> no, yeah, I was just I was saying to anybody out there who might have misunderstood. I know what you're getting, but <laughs> of course. But thank you. <laughs> so I feel like that's enough shilling for a day. Sure. Let's talk about fucking comic books. Yeah. So are we just gonna? I mean, I know there's a lot of pertinent news happening over the last couple of weeks that we tried to make it important that we recorded this one this week. And yeah. Um. Yeah. Are so we gonna we're jump gonna, into we're, that first, or yeah, we're just or, gonna talk about this. Okay. Which one? Because there's uh, two big pieces. We're gonna talk about the two. You. We're gonna talk about both of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So starting things off with news. Uh. So first up in the surprising but not awful news. Brian Michael Bendis has announced that he is officially leaving Marvel and has signed an exclusive deal with DC Comics. Yeah. This, I think, blew our minds. Yeah, I mean, a little behind the scenes here, like, you know, me and Deadman, we don't message each other too, too often about other things uh, regarding show and stuff like that. And there's not much comic news to speak of um, that kind of excites me or surprises me. But this is definitely something I shot him a text right away when I heard this. I was like, like, wow, this is what? Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a pretty big move. I mean... Yeah, if you want to get into the actual, I don't know if the, what else you, you have to say about it, but... Uh, no, just uh, for those yeah. who don't know, Brian Michael Bendis is a, is a writer. He has written for a couple different companies now and then, but he has very much been a Marvel guy. Oh, absolutely. He has yeah. helped He has helped create like a, a, like two of their fucking biggest characters right now, Jessica Jones and Miles Morales. And he has also worked on fucking dozens of other, of other fucking huge... DC, I mean, Marvel, Marvel properties like Guardians of the Galaxy, Daredevil, Iron Man. Right now, he's actually writing. Iron, right now, he's in the middle of an Iron Man run. Yeah, Avengers is, for fucking ever. You wrote. Yeah, the fucking. He's uh, writing. He's writing the Defenders right now. Um, what? What do you? What else? Um, X Men. Yeah, he was he behind the. Of, he was behind the most recent uh, Marvel comics, Abortion, Civil War Two. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, he was. The Many dude, of the, the other. Dude is a fantastic pop- writer, but he is. Not 100%. He definitely has hits or hits and misses, right? Um, yeah, like but that. his highs are much, much higher than his lows have been, in my opinion. Like, he, uh, he's had a lot of success. There was that one time he wrote in the, he wrote in Ultimate Spider-Man where Wolverine tried to fuck a 16-year-old. Yeah, you've mentioned this on the show before. I can't say that, like I said, I had read that, but... Uh. This is a literal storyline <laughs> that happened. For a no, three no, issue, I know. For a three-issue arc... <laughs> Yeah, no, I remember Wolverine and (laughs) Spider-Man swapped bodies because Jean Grey was pissed at Wolverine. Mm. And then at the end of it all, it is implied that Wolverine tried to fuck 16-year-old Mary Jane Watson. Oh, God. (laughs) And and it's so weird. Like, in the last issue of that, there was a little, like, animated bit or, like, a little drawn bit with Brian Michael Bendis and his editor as Brian is fucking throttling his editor about how stupid the story is. God. <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah, I don't think we should remember him for that. No, we, we definitely <laughs> shouldn't. We shouldn't forget it. But that's not. But that's, but like on like on his fucking like eulogy or whatever, or like his fucking obituary, it's gonna be like he wrote many great things for comics, <laughs> including that one time Wolverine tried to fuck a teenager. No, you don't put that. But yeah, I mean, you're talking about the man who basically. He helped was one of the reasons that he, he they helped uh, Marvel out of bankruptcy with the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was one of the spearheads uh, of the Ultimate Universe. He yeah. wrote he wrote Ultimate Spider Man for I think ever. Yeah, it's like it, as soon as he started, he's always written Spider Man in some form or another. Yeah, from he Ultimate was Spider Man. Ulti- Peter he Parker, was Ultimate Dan Slot. Yeah, <laughs> but pretty yeah. much. But yeah, so but uh, no one's he, complaining as much as him leaving that title as uh, did Anslaw <laughs> recently. Yeah. <laughs> I but mean, yeah. so see, this this came out um for this came out um earlier a couple like a little little bit a little over a week ago with DC tweeting out this little this little graphic that says we are beyond thrilled to welcome Brian Michael Bendis exclusively to the DC family with a multi year multifaceted deal. He's one of the premier writers in the industry, having created so many unforgettable stories wherever he's been, and we can't wait to see what he has planned for the DC universe. Neither can I. Great move for them to pick him up at this point in time. Uh, And that just goes on to move on to the bigger conversation where uh, this definitely – I mean, he was there for like 17, 18 years at Marvel, so the fact that he's left at this point in time really makes me wonder – what in the fuck is going on over there? Because like there was know. rumors, oh, rumors floating that this was a sudden move, and apparently, I, again, these are rumors. I don't know if this is true, and I'm sure these are certain. These were brought up by Bleeding Cool or one of those fucking publications. But a lot of the time, some of that information is correct. They actually put out there a lot of it's bullshit as well. But they, but apparently, he's had issues with one of the editors over there since I guess their comments that they made about the diversity not being important anymore over there because he was one of the people that definitely spearheaded bringing more diverse uh, characters with Miles Morales and uh, also um, the new Iron Man. Uh, Riri Williams, Williams as Iron Williams. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, and he's really just been one of the people that yeah, he, he created Jessica Jones. Absolutely. Who is like kind of for Marvel, like their female character right now. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, it's because his, uh, his family is also biracial. Like he's married to, um, I think she's married to a black woman and their kids are, are uh, mixes obviously and 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 yeah that's um yeah that's that's why it was very important for him to to kind of put more of that kind of stuff into comics and as a white jewish guy like you know what i mean like that is very cool that he he definitely tried to make like these points of doing these things and he's always been there basically like their mascot like marvel like he's a big face of marvel like whenever you think of marvel like he's always been there he's been the event he's been an event guy he's been the guy who speaks at press conferences for them he's been the guy who went toe-to-toe with robert kirkman back in the day over the kirkman manifesto about being hey listen you can do creator own stuff, but you can also make create characters and have fun playing at the big two companies. Like he was a big, big person in that conversation. Oh yeah, like, for, was, for yeah. as long as I've been reading comics, Bendis has been a name at Marvel, right? That, that I that I've always associated with. Like, hey, dude, Bendis book coming out. Oh, cool, Marvel's putting out something <clears throat> good. 
Yeah, and like him or not, or what his current output is, or whatever, or the whole Bendisi dialogue thing, or the fact that sometimes it feels like some of his issues are phoned in. I mean, the guy wrote a fucking lot of books, and he basically did anything any big creator in comics would want to basically do at this point in his career at the Big Two, and also his indie stuff prior to that. Yeah. So you can't you can't acknowledge you can't not acknowledge the things that he ca- he kind of has done and has accomplished, and the fact that he's going across the street now, you know, to the other company. Yeah. It's kind of interesting at this point in career. Great move for him. Yeah, like, and like Marvel, know, it's, yeah. And Marvel for their part, uh, they released a bit of a they released a small statement that is as cordial as a company can be, saying that Brian is a great partner and, and, and has contributed incredible stories and characters to the Marvel universe over the years. We appreciate his creativity and professionalism, and we wish him the best in his future projects. Yeah, I mean, they're acting like it's all good. Who really knows what the case is? But at least they both kind of walked away from it saying good things about each other. And the yeah, fact it is. That he, yeah, it isn't fucking. <laughs> yeah. it, it isn't. It isn't Bendis going like, hey, yo, fuck Marvel. I'm going. I'm going to Blu-ray Batman or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, no, exactly. I'm going to kick um, Scott Snyder in the balls and become the new him. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think it's a great move for DC. It came at a great time in terms of like their how their books are doing right now. I think some of the decisions they've made and people they've signed over there with the Tom King and they got Scott Snyder. Lemire is writing a book over there again in the new year. Like they're <clears throat> they're making some big moves. Like for me, the the one premier name still over at Marvel at this point. Uh, is uh, Jason Aaron. That's about it in terms of not that there's not other some decent writers over there, but some guy that's been around for a while in terms of like you can point to and say that guy's going to write the big name books. Yeah, I don't see a, a lot of other writer like Bendis was that guy, right? So, um, so yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, I for one, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know about you. I think that uh, it's a it, it'd be interesting to see. Mm. Um, him right uh i know that this is not as big of a deal back in the day because creators used to you know flip flop from one company to the other all the time right like jack kirby john burr and all these guys they kind of wrote for both companies a whole shitload for a number of years and kind of went back and forth whenever it seemed like whenever they got into a fight with one company they would just go to the next right (laughs) they're like all right well fuck you i'm going across the street right but um I think it's just a big deal these days because uh, you don't see like a lot of big creators. Obviously, they go the creator own route nowadays, uh, but he's always been kind of more of a company man in my eyes. So the fact yeah. that he went to DC makes sense to me. Uh, Jonathan Hickman too has been rumored for a long time to be going over to DC, but yeah, and actually it. after yeah. and after Bendis left, he did tweet out a thing saying like, "Hey, I might be going to DC, guys." Yeah. <clears throat> like I know, I know, I don't know if it's just because they haven't been able to finalize something with him, or if that because that has been a long-standing rumor, and the fact that Bendis, a person who basically brought in Hickman to Marvel, um, because of the work he was doing over at the Image at the time, and also as a co-writer of Secret Warriors and some of these books early on, uh, Bendis is a big reason why Hickman basically came over to Marvel. So, um, so who's to say that he might not end up over there as well at some point? And the pendulum swings once again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Like that's just how it's how it goes. It's cyclical, right? So, um, I just I just think Marvel is just not in a great place. Like especially now with this announcement, I think this hurts them personally. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I don't see how this is a good thing for them. I think it's a great yeah. thing for Bendis, great thing for DC. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. 
What do you, what <clears throat> what books do you think he's gonna write? I guess Justice oh, League, fuck, right? I, it has to be Justice no, League. I mean, like maybe? you have Brian Hitch, you have Brian Hitch writing the book right now, right? Like it seems, yeah. I mean, that like, would I be mean, a, like, a, a lot of their other books kind of have like really big names on them, and they're actually doing pretty right. all right. So the like, idea I don't think that like kick they Tom take, King or Snyder off Batman, right? Yeah, like, it's like it's like it's like yo, Dan Abnett, get the fuck out of here. Right, like DC's got to be careful with this as well because the way they kind of bring him in they can't just start kicking people off books that have been doing a good job you know so just because yeah. oh bendis is here motherfucker <laughs> get off the book <laughs> watch him write fucking doomsday clock <laughs> um yeah i mean there's another thing uh, i mean bendis has long long been compared to like the jeff johns of marvel in that sense too right so the fact yeah. that they're both yeah so i don't know i don't know i don't know what he's i mean justice league for me i think is an easy first book for him to write or maybe he's going to be the type of guy that is like you know what give me some of your shitty smaller characters to kind of uh you know to be cut my teeth on it first right he's so, like yo you fucked up the question let me see if i can fix him right and 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 he bendis also tweeted out a picture where he was teasing um the fact that he's doing his homework and it was a big stack of DC books. And in that stack of DC book, this is all speculation, of course, at this point, yeah. there was the Gotham Central omnibus, which, oh, dude. which I would fucking love if he went, they relaunched that book and put him on it because we all know Bendis started out like a, well, maybe you don't, you don't all know, uh, for listeners might not know that he started out in like a crime noir type, uh, indie work before moving to Marvel, um, uh, Goldfish and this other book. Um, what the fuck is it called? He did a few of them. Uh, one of them was called Goldfish. It was a big one for him. Anyways, so he started out doing that stuff. And, and Brubaker, of course, and Rucka have also done a lot of crime noir type stuff. So uh, they used to write Gotham Central. So if Bendis were to do a book like that, I think that's just like a perfect fit for him. I mean, it's like Powers as well. Like, you know what I mean? Like Powers yeah. is basically the same thing almost. But yeah. just this is in the Batman universe. So... I don't know. I think that would be a home run as well. If they put him on that or like a Justice League, obviously because of the Avengers connection. I don't know. I know I'm rambling. Sorry. I just, I'm, I am pretty excited by the possibilities. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? Like, you, you, yeah, you I, have any ideas? I just want to see kind of where this goes. Like I, right. Like I haven't really spent a lot of time like speculating just like, like other things have been happening around here. Like, I haven't actually had a lot of time to like speculate as I've been fucking, as I just fucking was freaking out about a story that about how fucking Disney banned the LA Times for their movies for writing an article about a parking structure. Oh shit! <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If for the movies podcast coming out later this week, uh, yeah, Disney fucking banned the LA Times because they did this like huge two piece expose about started out started out about a parking structure that cost fucking millions and millions of dollars to make that the city of Anaheim leases to Disney for a dollar a year. And then just and then just how how Disney is a fuck as affecting like local economy and how they own like fucking half the people in public office in Anaheim. A dollar a year. <laughs> yeah, and so then Disney's like, "Yo, L.A. Times, like get fucked." Yeah. So then, like multiple like big name critics organizations told Disney to go fuck itself until they like told Disney to go fuck itself and they'd like be ignoring all Disney movies until they let the L.A. Times back into early screenings. <laughs> they better watch out or Disney's just gonna buy them <laughs> no man Disney caved <laughs> oh really yeah Disney fucking caved oh wow I'm surprised I'm surprised just cause like you know Disney's just such a big fucking force right? oh I'm aware I'm aware that Disney's this fucking monolith yeah wow but huh. they couldn't they couldn't win against critics 
Oh, good for them. Yeah, I mean, just they're also supposed to be launching that uh, Disney like Netflix type thing soon, right? So they yeah, I think like in the next year or so. Yeah, so I'm I'm sure that they're trying to just you know stay good and out of the media at this point, uh, given that situation, because that's going to be a I think competitive in itself. Them going up against Netflix, right? So yeah, uh, but they are, I believe. Are they, I guess because they're doing that, they, that means they will be pulling their Marvel shows. I don't think they renewed, right, with Netflix? Like, Nope, I don't think so. They're moving all that shit yeah. over to fucking their Disney streaming app that will be, according to them, less expensive than Netflix because of their, because of their limited catalog. Right. Anyway. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Bendis, that's that's uh, that's good. Really interesting, exciting news. I mean, I know essentially some <clears throat> naysayers, I've seen some people kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, what's the big deal? You're just going to get Bendis dialogue coming out of DC characters' mouths. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I mean, but, like, I think that's just kind of like a shitty... Like the main, the, I actually like the tweet that he actually made. I seen Bendis, but basically saying, you know, like or other people I think had made. Um, basically, the comic industry wins by by this move. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, like this, this is, is this is like, a good move what, for fans. Yeah, say what you want about fucking <clears throat> like your thoughts on Bendis, but right. End of the day, the dude is still like one of the best writers in the world. Like one, okay, not the best, one of the most well known writers in the world, and giving him a chance to fucking cut his teeth on new characters that he hasn't written ever it may produce some of his best work yet this is going to be in this invigorate him in my opinion you know what i mean like this is gonna like like, you can only write you can only come up with so many new characters for a company before you're just like yeah i just keep writing the same fucking stories right um so this will give him a chance to deal to do with a to do a new universe to do something that he hasn't really done before and it will be good for him Probably good for us. Yeah. I mean, creatively, I think it's going to be great. I mean, that for him, because, like, that's the thing. Some, I'm sure on some of these books at this point, he's just been coasting. Yeah. And some of them have read like that, to be honest. I think I think this past year, he's been putting out some pretty good books for Marvel. I've liked those Iron Man books. I've liked Defenders right now. But it's um, it's definitely, yeah, it's time for a change. I think that's great. I mean, uh, I but the the shitty thing is, uh, absolutely probably dropping all those books. I'm not reading a fucking Jessica Jones book written by somebody else, probably. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm honest. To be honest, Alias is like my favorite thing he's he's done, probably. Oh, no, Alias, is, that, Alias is great. Right? And, and I've and just, given my thoughts on fucking, on uh, fucking Jessica Jones, the book that is out right now. Oh, I I don't think I was on the show when you you, you I talked, talked to you about, about them. Did you? Yeah, I can't recall how I, f- how I feel like Jessica Jones is a huge step backwards for the character. Oh yes, you did talk about that. That was early on in the run, I believe. We talked. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah you, you're you, right. you talk about yeah. one book and how you talk about <clears throat> one issue, how it was like yes. the most Bendisy fucking issue ever, and you yes, goddamn loved yes. it. Yes, yes, yes. You had dropped it at that point. That's right. Yeah, that's I read right. the I first issue and I was like, yeah, this is like Alias, but like not as good. <clears throat> No, there definitely has been some good issues since it launched, but uh, it definitely is not as good as Alias. You're right in that sense, but I just don't think it's. I don't know who they like, like maybe Jason Aaron. Like I said, he's like <laughs> he's like my favorite writer. I don't see anybody else writing. Like I mean, they're not going to drop these characters. Like she's in the. I'm I'm sure a new writers are going to come on those books. I don't think just because Bendis is moving on that they're not going to fucking use Miles Morales all oh, of a sudden. You know what I mean? Are you kidding me? But the fact that he's leaving definitely is going to affect my decision to uh, actually continue reading those books. Yeah. Uh, I mean, depending who comes on them, because I still enjoy the characters, but 
it's going to be weird having not Bendis write those characters, right? Like it's it would be, be an amazing fucking coup if it was then revealed that Jim Lee was or like Jim Lee or Jeff Don somebody was leaving DC to go to Marvel. Yeah. I'm it's sure just, they're trying. Just, 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 it's, not, just like, it's not actually like he left Marvel. It is like a it's like a it's like a creator transfer program. Yeah. <laughs> just like all of a sudden, I, just like all of a sudden it's gonna be announced like like everybody, Dan Abnett's gonna be leaving Aquaman to go work for fucking Aftershock Comics. <laughs> I, I'm sure it, I'm sure it's already in the works. The only person I could see that would make a big deal like this. Uh, out of the newer people uh, at this point uh, to re- to go over to Marvel, Marvel would be Scott Snyder. Yeah, that's the that's the for I think for me because Morrison's already been over there for a short stint. Um, it, basically, he does whatever the fuck he wants now anyway, so it doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah, Morrison Morrison's got heavy metal. He don't need to do shit. Right. Um, the only other person I don't think that's worked over there that's been a big name in the last you know I don't know how many years, ten years, probably Scott Snyder. I would say at this point. So yeah, which who's DC exclusive right now? I think still. So there's no way that that's going to happen for the foreseeable future. But you know, maybe that's their fear. Maybe they're like, oh, we better get somebody else over here in case he leaves. Right? It's like, oh, all our people fucking left. The only way we were able, the only yeah. the only way we were able to get Gail Simone back was because we said we let her do whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they had to put their foot in their mouth many a times for that one. Yeah, As hey, you know, this next you know, piece fucking... of news. <laughs> okay, yeah. So this is the only other yeah. piece of news we have to really talk about. Um, As DC related, but not in the way that you'd like. Yeah. So. Yeah. So this past Friday, BuzzFeed. I know, but like, I, I was just talking to everybody about that. BuzzFeed released a very long, detailed story about Eddie Bar- Eddie Berganza, a DC editor, who's worked on a fucking huge number of books over at DC. He's been there for a while. Uh, he was the latest in a long line of fucking people who are just like monsters. Yeah, he's he was uh, the the article detailed. Um, various encounters that uh, Berganza had with a few different, a few former DC editors, and the horrible sex things he tried to do to them. Yeah, uh, this is not a new. Uh, no, it's not. It's not thing. a new story, but it is this a. This has been. I think they shone a bigger light on it, given everything that's been going on lately in the news with all the other sexual. Uh, uh, allegations happening with yeah with the Hollywood stars and, yeah uh, and so basically yeah when this came to so yeah it definitely brought more attention to this than it's ever had because be, this is this has been for years people have complained about this guy over at DC but they kind of I, I remember they just kind of would suspend him or put him away for a little while and then bring him back you know what I mean like he would kind of like he would always keep his job for whatever reason yeah but this time yeah. that that appears to have this appears to have been the final drop. Final shoot to drop. Yeah. Yeah. So the article detailed accounts from um, former DC editor um, Liz Caroline Marsham. I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. Uh, who reported? Who, who was reported in the article that she was assaulted by Berganza less than three weeks after she started working there. With Berganza like gr- forcibly sticking her, her, right? Yeah, yeah. He groped her and like forcibly stuck yeah. her tongue in her mouth at a bar. Classy. Fucking scumbag. Yeah, she yeah. Marsham <laughs> eventually took a non editorial position in order to like not have to deal with Berganza anymore and then just left the company. Uh Joan Hilty, a cartoonist, another former DC editor, 
Uh, he, she stated that Braganza had grabbed her and repeatedly attempted to kiss her at an off-site get-together in the early 2000s. Janelle um, Asline, um, again, I'm sorry if I haven't managed to pronounce any of your names. Another former DC editor um, said that she actually said, uh, provided further detail of a complaint to HR against Braganza that she had spearheaded back in 2010, and uh, which she's written, which she's written on in the, which she's written of in the past, uh, with uh, with her saying people were constantly warning other people away from him. And it also, yeah, like they also wouldn't get, let people work with this guy because they were afraid of him groping them. Like, yeah. what the fuck is that? Yeah, the, article, the article also um, <laughs> got a, got into a bit more detail about a previously reported story about Berganza forcibly kissing a woman in 2012 uh, near around WonderCon. Uh, the woman, the woman was not a DC employee, but at the time, her boyfriend was. He was a writer, and uh, the woman who chose who chose to remain anonymous uh, is quoted as saying. All the time, I was so terrified that this would affect myself or my partner's prospects in comics. Worried it would jeopardize either of our careers. After, yeah, that, know, sto- yeah. After that story got out, um, he was demoted from executive editor to a group editor. But he still stuck around. Yeah, that's what I mean. They would do something like that or suspend him or it, like a news article would come out regarding this. And then you would stop. You wouldn't hear from him in a while, for a bit. Wouldn't see his name on books. And all of a sudden he would just pop up back again. Like yeah. this has been. So, I mean, yeah, in, in a way it's great that finally now with it, with everything going on, like it, it was properly addressed and yeah. And yeah. shortly after this story, this article broke and everybody started fucking jumping on it. Uh, DC officially uh, suspended Berganza. Uh, so that they could look into things fully. Uh, in a statement reading, DC Entertainment has immediately suspended Mr. Braganza and has removed him from performing duties as group editor at DC Comics. There will be a, there will be a prompt yet careful review into next steps as it re- as it relates to the allegations against him and the concerns our talent, employees, and fans have shared. DC continues to be extremely committed to, c- to creating a safe and secure working environment for our employees and everyone involved in the creation of our comic books. Yeah, that was on the 11th, and then Monday rolls around, and The Guardian reports yeah. that Dad Braganza's been fired. Yeah, terminated. <laughs> yeah, fucking right. Good. I mean, he got what he deserved, this guy. I'd say it went on far too long. And I think it's – was it New York – it was one of these big publications that basically ran an article where – um, they had all of the people that they've been accused over the past couple of weeks on it. And he, of course he was actually on there as well, a picture yeah. of him. And of course he's not as big of a name as like a Louis CK or fucking Harvey Oh no, Weinstein like there were, like, oh no, like it was like fucking just all kinds of like big name people you ever, you ever all, everybody's knows of like, oh yeah, this right. guy and this guy and this guy. And then some fucking comic book editor. Right, right. But I, I, it's that, I think that was the final nail in the coffin for him, for DC to basically be like, okay, now we gotta take that. Like, I mean, I, I almost don't know what would have happened if they did, if that didn't. Maybe they were still in the, in the middle of investigation of, in terms of actually making it official that, you know, listen, we're gonna fire this guy. But, um, but yeah, I mean, as soon as that happened, it seemed like they made the statement, boom, he's done. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, it's, so, I mean, good on that them too for including that guy in that uh that fucking roll call of uh of uh, you know, deviance. <laughs> yeah, like, they, like that I was about, the, yeah, that was it. Like I recorded this earlier in the week, but I talked a bit about it on the movies podcast where just Okay. So many of these fucking stories. Eventually yeah. just get it, like 
like news fatigue is a thing. Sure. And while I am a bit tired of hearing about them, this is a good thing. Like, like all, all these stories coming out about these different people getting fucking fucked over by this. That is a good thing because like a, it gives the people, it gives like the victims of these guys more courage to actually come out and say what happened, exposing these people for the fucking horrible monsters that they are. And then because they because more people are fucking aware of it and are able to fucking make a, make some shit up, make some noise about it. Companies have no choice, but actually react this time. Right. Yeah, no, this DC thing is, was, I mean, it's, it's, it's good that everything that came uh, prior to this happened because it finally gave them the reason to, well, I mean, they should have had reason before. Yeah, they should, they should have had reason the fucking first time, just like. <laughs> I, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it, but it, it was just nice seeing, like, a rallying cry, like, creators were jumping on their social medias. Like, I seen Raphael Albuquerque and Lemire and a bunch of people basically saying, you know, make the right decision here, DC, like, fucking get rid of this guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's your responsibility now. We're basically, you know, waiting on you to kind of make the make this right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they they weren't really outright attacking them for mistakes they made. They were just kind of, like, fix the – write these wrongs, for all you know, finally and get rid yeah. of this guy. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, it sucks it sucks that yeah. he – it sucks that, like, this happened for so long, but now that now something's actually Absolutely. being done about it. Yeah. It's – it's something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, you can't – you can't uh, – they definitely should have did something sooner than this, but absolutely. It, but at, at least it's been dealt with. It's now, a step, so. yeah, shaky step, but it is a step forward. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, interesting week. I don't know how bad this comic books are fun, you guys. Being on the heels of uh, right after they announced that they signed Bendis, they, <laughs> what book do you think out. Bendis will be writing at DC? Leave your thoughts <laughs> in the comments down below. <laughs> Don't forget to review us on iTunes and check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash deathdoorprods. Yeah, this is where you get sometimes serious and intellectual conversation, but then also a lot of time fuckery. There are times we talk, <laughs> times we talk about dude fucking his dog because AIDS doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, you see, we, we offer a, a, a it's wide a, It's a broad spectrum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. No, That's it's broad. A broad spectrum of content since 2010. <laughs> You copywriting that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got I got my lawyer, my friend yeah. Bobby on the phone. Yeah. Like, I think Yo, you Bobby got copyright that. <laughs> you got the name of the episode there. <laughs> A wide spectrum of, of bullshit. <laughs> No, that's that's good. I I mean, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting week in terms of news for comics. That's for sure. So we yeah. usually don't open up the show this way, but yeah, no, those but are two. Those were two of the of fucking news. biggest stories that come out of comics lately. Yeah, like what are we, what are we gonna start the show talking about the fucking Lockjaw Lockjaw series? <laughs> I mean, maybe, but like I I probably would, but like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, like I yeah, I'm glad it worked out this way. Where we recorded late for me to come on to talk about this because i wanted to dis- discuss these things and uh well the bendis thing mo- mainly but um yeah so i'm glad that was here for that so yeah yeah it's uh yeah so it's some big big news uh so now so how about that lock shots here <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, actually, they straight up is there's gonna be a lockjaw and there's gonna be a lockjaw solo series. Is there really? Oh, I thought yeah. you were joking. Nope. <laughs> nope. Marvel announced that this February there will be a four issue lockjaw miniseries. Is is G Willow Wilson writing it? Uh, no, it's uh, being written by Daniel Kibblesmith. 
I don't know who that is, but a name like Kimble Smith is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was intentional. Okay. He's <laughs> a dog, yes. I yeah, he's <laughs> a... Assuming this is the same guy, uh, he is a writer for the Colbert... For The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, he wrote yeah. Quantum and Woody uh, that's coming this year. Right. New Quantum and Woody book. So, like, I guess... Yeah, Quantum and Woody, dog, and then this fucking February. I thought for a second you were going to say that it's like a pen name that uh, Chip Zdarsky is using or something. Nope. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Kibble Smith, who the fuck is that? Nope. Okay, so it's going to be definitely a Kibble funny Smith. book. Then it sounds like, given yep. his track record. Of, and the uh, art is being done yeah. by Carlos Vila. Okay. The press right. release says... When Lockjaw finds out his long-lost siblings are in danger, he'll embark on a journey which will result in tele- which will result in a teleporting, mind-bending adventure. We're super excited about this book. Daniel Kibblesmith, a hilarious writer who works for The Late Show and recently published a book called Santa's Husband, has cooked up an incredibly fun, heart-filled romp around the Marvel Universe, says series editor Will Moss. Back in Black Bolt number 5, writer Saladin Ahmed and, and artist Fraser Irving fi- finally settled the mystery of Lockjaw's origin. He's definitely a dog, birthed by a dog, who happened to ha- who happens to have the power of teleportation. But now we're going even further. How did Lockjaw obtain that power? And is he really the only inhuman dog in the universe? So in issue one, we'll find out that Lockjaw's got brothers and, s- brothers and sisters. From there, we'll be following everybody's best friend around the universe as he tracks down his siblings, along with a surprising companion, D-Man. Apparently I'm in the book. <laughs> It's going to be a, it's going to be a fantastic ride, all beautifully illustrated by by up and comer Carlos Villa. So grab I, onto the leash and come with. <laughs> wow, I did not know we had siblings, and nor did I. Uh, <laughs> I uh, know that this is an actual uh, thing. Interesting. <laughs> oh, D Man is Demolition Man. Yeah, that's the guy that was in Captain America for a bit. The Falcon book. Okay, right. That he's the shitty, basically Wolverine slash Captain America, um, or no Daredevil looking guy. Yeah, he's got the yeah. He he was um, a gay character now. All of a sudden, they said, oh, I don't know. He's one of the people they made gay when they in that book. Yeah, it's fucking fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, it's like fucking whatever. <laughs> actually, on another note, though, I have I have heard good things about that Black Bolt book. I've actually heard that book's good. I read the first issue. And I was like, "Nope." Oh, really? Okay, because I've—I don't know. I've heard that it was interesting, huh? Okay. Yeah, but like, you gotta, you gotta keep, yeah, you gotta no, keep in mind <laughs> that it's an uphill battle for me because any human that isn't fucking Lunella Lafayette, Miss Marvel, or Lockjaw—I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like that fucking TV and, show. Like I watched, oh, I watched like three I, episodes of that, and I was like, eh. No, I heard it was terrible, so I didn't even bother it with that. It wasn't <laughs> terrible. It was just lazy in really weird ways. Mm. Yeah, like, that's unfortunate. Like, the, like, for this fucking moon society that has lived on the moon for fucking millennia and only interacts with humanity through their fucking news feeds, they somehow have hair trimmers that are the exact same as ours. <laughs> and they have trash bags, you know, disposable plastic things that just fucking are super are like that don't really fucking decompose or can be recycled or anything and are just fucking wastes of space. They're just like, yeah, we have trash bags of like incinerators or like fucking atomizers or some other space bullshit. Mm. We, we have like 
Like, like, hey, we we feed all our garbage to Gary. He turns it into fucking gold or something. But no, it's we have trash bags and we just put them, I don't know, in a crater. <laughs> also, fucking Medusa's hair grows. Like, we see it in the show. Her hair, like, regular length goes down to, like, the small of her back. But then she can fucking stretch that shit out to being, like, five feet longer. Why the hell would her, why the hell, why the hell would shaving her head affect her in any real negative way? Right. Yeah, I heard, I, that's, that was my, the main thing I heard was the criticism of the show was that they just didn't do a good job of explaining who these people are and what their powers are. Like, I heard they just, I heard that the whole Karnak explanation was fucked as well. I don't know, I didn't see it, but I, yeah, I Karnak doesn't see like, weaknesses. He fucking, like, his law and all things. Yeah, his like brain, he, his brain essentially, like, works in that it is able to see everything. Like, he's, like, he fucking, like, he lands on the island and is able to fucking, magic mind up a compass oh because okay. he sees the flaws in magnetic fields <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah it's like yo i like hey yo you know that fucking electromagnetic field that's around the world i can punch that and kill all of you <laughs> but i can always use it as a compass get fucked <laughs> and then he hits his head and his powers get fucked oh god <laughs> yeah so, Inhuman's not good. Nope. <laughs> <Sounds like. laughs> nope. Yeah. Also, the main guy, um, Anson Nount, I think is his name. He looks distractingly like Jim Caviezel. Like, if, you've ever, if you ever watch Person of Interest, oh, yeah. he is straight okay. up Mr. Reese. I'm familiar with it. I've never really watched the show, but I... Person uh, of Interest is fantastic. Yeah, no, I've heard that. I've heard the... You can check out a series of reviews written by our very own Cora about the about the show. This is the, this is this is the guy who plays Black Bolt. You're saying? Uh, no, no, the guy who plays Black Black Bolt looks distractingly like this guy. That's what I meant. Like, yeah, it's a whole other person. person. Is, yeah, yeah. It, it oh, is a whole okay. other person. Like Anton Mount huh. and Jim Caviezel are two different people. Right. I'm told. <laughs> told yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, unfortunate then. But yeah. So. Let's get back. Let's get into the actually stuff we talk. Let's have to talk about this week. All right. So, do we want to talk about the fucking Dark Knight's metal bullshit that's happening? <laughs> You're gonna t- finally talk about comics. All do right. We, do uh, we want to talk about one of these nineteen books called Batman that came out this past week? <clears throat> I. So, if we're gonna talk anything about the Dark Knight's metal, the one kind of one shot issue I did read was the Batman Lost one. Did you read that? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. I don't um, know. I, I don't know, though. Like I said, I've read 3,000 books over the last three weeks right. that named Batman. There's a lot of Batman out there. Uh, more to come, too, while I talk about it. Um, yeah, so Batman Lost, I've liked it. I liked it a lot. It was a one-shot with uh, three great artists. Uh, they're not coming to mind which ones right now. I think it was Doug Monkey and... Uh, I will double-check. Uh, yeah, please. Uh, Doug Monkey, I think, and a couple other people. All th- oh, oh um, Yannick Paquette was on it and somebody else all of them were good though uh and basically what it was was just like a mind fuck like head trip uh issue where yeah technically batman is lost if you were following dark knight's metal or at least trying to like i have been <laughs> batman uh well is he lost or is he like just exactly he's in where the he's dark, been? 
Yeah, he's in the Dark Multiverse. I guess they kind of took him or something happened, like when he went, so at the end of that last issue, from what I recall. So he is, he's kind of trying, trapped in his own false memories in this Batman Lost issue. Like he's kind of, the issue starts out with this interesting scene where it's him as an old man and he's got like a granddaughter and he's sitting there in the library of the mansion and they're like, oh, you know, you know, grandpa, can you tell me one of your, your stories? He's like, oh yeah, sure. Why don't you tell us about the time you crippled that thug? (laughs) Yeah, basically. And, uh, and, uh, and, he he goes to a, a bookshelf and it, he's got um, all these actual Batman titles of stories or cases that he did over the years. And he's like, oh, how about I read you? Uh, she she mentions one and he's like, nah, I don't really want to re- read that one. How about I tell you? The how about I tell you the, the story of the time I beat Victor's ass to death? <laughs> <laughs> of the long Halloween. Like, you know what I mean? Like the actual long Halloween. He says that. And I was yeah. like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. And, uh, and she's like, no, no, no. I want to hear about this one. And it, it basically turned out to be like one of his first cases. And they launch into this, uh, flashback memory drawn by Yannick Paquette where it's the golden age looking Batman basically retelling a story of old. Uh, and, and there's all these details that start, uh, becoming, uh, wrong in his memory. And he's like, no, no, no. That's not how it went. That's not how it went. And the girl had to keep being like oh no 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 yeah this is exactly how it went so he kind of just basically bounced around from different points in his t- in his career and time uh drawn by different artists uh, yeah so portray- um so the, art- yeah, so the pencilers so- listed uh credited for the book are doug Mankey, yannick paquette and jorge jimenez yes he's he's really good too or um, george jimenez i'm never 100 yeah. sure which one it is yeah he's he's very good as well um so yeah, it was just it, so yeah. So that's basically all it was. It was him kind of trap trying to. He knows that these memories that he has are wrong, and they're basically trying to alter it and fuck with his his mind. Um, and and then at the end, it basically turns out that it's yeah, the Dark Knight's just fucking with him like this whole time. Uh, you you get the idea because the girl that's been sitting on his lap in this false memory of him in the future is kind of turns out to be evil and then tries attacking him, and <laughs> it's all it's a whole thing. Is she but a I, Robin? <laughs> a what? A Robin. <laughs> Uh oh like one of those ones on the leashes. Yeah, yeah. no, I don't I think it was the I, I think the Batman who laughs, the Joker shows up at the end, so yeah, possibly. Is she um, Batman the Drowned? I don't know. Just all I, just I, like just like looks up and all of a sudden has fucking goggles and a harpoon. <laughs> I don't think that happened. I, I and but, then grows uh, to be six foot tall. <laughs> but yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good for a little one shot of with some great art and a little fun story like one shot. Like, it it just seemed like you didn't have to it was far removed from everything going on. It was like its own little thing it felt like, but at the same time it's 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 um it's basically yeah, him just getting fucked with and being stuck in this multiverse dark multiverse. Just whatever, the way the way, so. the way the way you described it though and given the other output of the Dark Knight's metal books. All I'm getting is like you remember that issue that came out like a couple weeks back where like we're like a fucking uh like Superman had like a dream of he of like him him Lois uh Batman uh Catwoman and Wonder Woman just all kind of hanging out with like with like like the two kids just hanging out and stuff like Batman's like like the two like two kids like playing guitar and then Batman just like says Carpe Diem and then fucking Barbatos bursts out of his chest like a chest burster. Was that in the yeah? Was that in the main Marvel Knights book? Like the I I don't. Well, you said Marvel Knights. Oh, sorry. Uh, 
sorry. <laughs> Dark, yeah, Dark Knights. Knights Metal. Was that, was that in the... Was I that think in the so. regular? T- I think so, yeah. It sounds like, familiar, yeah. Yeah, and, and like Superman like launches himself out into the fucking dark oh. universe, becoming <laughs> yes, like, yes, Superman yes. 1 million. Yeah, it's like, it's like it, no, you idiot, I wasn't calling for help. <laughs> Didn't you notice the notes yes, my kids were yes, playing on the guitar were reversed? Yes, yes, yes I, I remember. <laughs> the dumbest fucking thing. What, what I was just about to say, you describing it, even though I read it, it sounded so absurd. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking yeah, like, about? Yeah, <laughs> also, also, you'd think Batman would have a more fucking complex method of the of like them calling for help than saying the initials of the other two. I just didn't know he was such a music aficionado. <laughs> he's just like, no, that's not the right well, words. Like, he's, not, he's not even a music aficionado. Like, you, like, understanding the bass fucking progression of notes, you, can, you know that fucking... If you ever looked up music notes, you know they go from A to G. Right. But why the fuck would he think fucking Kansas farm boy investigative reporter right, Superman right. would notice him would notice the kids playing a D oh. and then a C? Well, honestly, even me as a reader, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. So how did the hell you did you expect didn't fucking it? Right. Know what was going on? Because they never fucking show you the notes the kids are playing. Right. Also, even if they did, you don't know guitar probably. No, so the fact that fuck, I that played was the guitar reveal. for like a decade, and I still don't fucking know. Right? Yeah, that was fucked. That, that you're right. That was bullshit. Um, yeah. And I, again, I, I wonder- and again, just I need help. I'd better send it a call for aid for my buddies. Yo, CD. You guys hear that? Ooh. No, that that was Batman's fucking like. Like the, the the way what they set up in that book is that whenever whenever Superman is in help, he calls out fucking BD. Oh right, which stands for right, Bruce right, Diana. Right, 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 right. Yeah, Wonder Woman does CB, and then Batman has CD, which he's changed to Carpe Diem. Right, because you know Batman's that <laughs> asshole. No, I was rolling my eyes at that whole. Uh, reveal like, Jesus Christ! That you issue. think Batman yeah. would have some like fucking. Some weird literary reference or, like, something that wasn't fucking immediately obvious to anybody who wasn't goddamn retarded. <laughs> Grant Morrison's apparently going to be writing one of these issues, though, in February. Oh, fucking uh, dope. Is- I can't wait for that to bunt heads with the fucking f- goddamn motherfucking doomsday clock. <laughs> Which, by the way, is being advertised and fucking hyped up with pancake batter. I know. I've seen that. Um, some people are getting uh, um, packages sent to them. Yeah, with uh, syrup and uh, <laughs> yeah, you open it up and there's a big yeah. blue dick in it. <laughs> yeah, that so. would be my marketing campaign. Just send a bunch of dildos with fucking flash drives in them. <laughs> Just load notes. Just get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get fucked, Watchmen, motherfuckers. <laughs> Yeah, you remember that scene where he's banging Silk Spectre and he's in seven different places at once, or working on things. Yeah, to just just slightly just slightly change that up so that it's a bunch, so it's like seven different blue fists beating the shit out of Dark Knight's metal, <laughs> and then just cuts over. It's like, oh, I didn't notice you there. I've been busy working. Yeah, I don't know. It's been it's been pretty. I like I said, it's what it's becoming one of those things where it's been acceptable fun bullshit for me. Like I have enjoyed it, but I can't say that I haven't been rolling my eyes half the time. But it's but it, but I've been following it. Like it's it's not a serious, super serious fucking draining Marvel event like Secret uh, Invasion or something like that for me. Yeah, it's like, only I'm it's just, only infected half of the books. 
Yeah, so so I've been kind of been, like I said, cherry-picking the ones I've been wanting to read and kind of just, like, uh, dipping in and out and kind of, you know, like I said, some things I've enjoyed, some things I have not, but yeah. So it's been a, it's been a mess, though, for sure. Uh, and I definitely think if you're not reading all the fucking tie-ins, you're, you're missing most of the story. Like, for yeah, me, because the tie-ins uh, are the story. Yeah, which like, like after fucking Dark Knight's Metal, like the miniseries ended, the, the the then fucking issue became like, all right, so yeah, we have this five part story being told across four different books. Yeah, all of them are terrible. <clears throat> like, hey, you want Green Lantern to look like a fucking supervillain again? Right. Well, check it out as he fights as he fights Green Lantern Batman. I I will mention though, I mean. I know we won't be talking about it because it's uh, it came out today. Um, the Batman Who Laughs, though, which is that Joker version, came out today, and Riley Rossmo drew it. And I was uh-huh. flipping through it, and and it's some of the best Riley Rossmo art I've seen. Oh like, man, uh, yeah. If, it, Nick it's definitely... turn, if Nick Spencer didn't turn out to be a fucking shitbag, I would have been. Uh, that would have been oh, really Bedlam. nostalgic for Bedlam. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I would suggest checking that out. If you are not reading many of the tie-ins or none at all, I definitely check out the Batman Who Laughs. Uh, just because I think Riley Rossmo is really, really good, and now that he's doing Big Two work, um, you should definitely check that out because um, he tra- <laughs> it looked really fucking good today when I was looking through the issue. Man, um, remember fucking Bedlam? Yeah, I mean we've talked about it many times. On that the show. book yeah. was so fucking good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was Nick Spencer basically doing his twisted version of a Joker-like character. In, yeah, in and then Nick Spencer much turned out to be that, a fucking yeah. shitbag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so. now we're never get. And now we're never getting any more goddamn Bedlam. And if and if we do, it'll be kind of tainted. He always made comments, I remember, on Twitter, even probably going back to a year ago, saying that one day he thinks that we will. But if he came back with a different artist other than Rossmo, which at this point I don't see happening, um, then no, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be the same. No, we're not. Rossmo Rossmo is half that book. Yeah. Yeah. So I know they had to fill in for a couple of issues, actually. He didn't do all of the issues, but the ones that he did were the best ones, in my opinion. I remember there was a second artist on the book, Ryan Brown, I think it was, um, who's... Guy, the God Hates Astronauts guy. Yeah. And he's doing that Curse Words book, which his style oh, when he man. came on the book is not meant for that, was not it meant for not that meant, book. It is not meant for Bedlam, but it's totally yeah. meant for Curse Words. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he's more of a funny, he, he does draw uh, hyper realistic kind of pe- looking people, but at the same time, it's, it's, um, it's, it's needed it, for comedy. He, he can't, yes, mind, he can't mind exactly. like the fucking horror that you get from no. fucking Matter Red. No, he was the he was the wrong artist for that book, in my opinion. But he, but yeah, he definitely is good in his own right. But he just wasn't the right. Rostmo was the artist for that book, and uh, yeah. So, like I said, the Batman, uh, the one that the man who laughs, uh, it looks fantastic. Um, so, hopefully, it's good too. Uh, but I think uh, just based on the art alone, it's worth checking out. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, actually, just so uh, what if um. What if Juan Ferreria showed uh, came on that book? The guy who does the art for um, the guy who did the art for Colder and did a couple and did a few issues of like fucking <clears throat> Gotham by Midnight. Oh yeah, on what on bed? Yeah, that could work. Uh, again, more of a more of a realistic. Like yeah, he's he's been working on Green Arrow too. I think for the last yeah. little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, like I feel yeah. like his I feel like his artwork would work really well for like the fucking <clears throat> horrible shit that happens in those books. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've, I read. I think I read the first Colder series after you had talked about it on the show. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, that would be good. That's actually a good. I mean, the other, uh, the other, all uh, the other person I could think of that might actually know it'd be too abstract. I think for it, I was gonna say Ben Templesmith. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. He, I don't think you, I don't think he'd work that well. You need color. No. Yeah. No. You're right. I think it worked good for. Like Gotham, like also Gotham by Min, uh, what was that book called? Um, Gotham by Midnight. Gotham by Midnight. Yeah, that he also worked on that for a bit. I think yeah. he worked well there, but um, yeah, that, that's because like Gotham doesn't have color. Yeah, yeah, Bedlam. I don't think it would be the because <clears throat> the thing that was cool about that that too was the coloring on that book for those scenes of his flashbacks. They were all red and black and white, I believe. Wasn't yeah. that? Yeah, 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 pretty much. And then and then you get into the, yeah. you get like the you get like the present day stuff, and things have mellowed right. out a bit. Right, right, right. God, that book yeah, is so I'm good. Yeah, I, uh, I think we're gonna have to go back and reread that at some point. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, because I know that we've talked about it a few times now since, but it's been years since it's come out. So yeah, years. So, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that was, and it ended on a goddamn cliffhanger. Yeah, I, yeah. Because I, I mean, the plan I think was always to return back to the book. I don't think. It yeah, was... but then Morning Glories devoured Nick Spencer's soul. Yeah, and then he got signed by Marvel. Yeah, um, I think that's everything... basically what. Uh, yeah. Everything's on fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. I now kind of want to go back and reread the Tumblr post explaining the plot of Morning Glories. No, please don't. <laughs> please don't. I just remember you and Bernie just freaking out when I started I reading it. I know, because I've tried. I tried to read that goddamn series twice. Oh, so did I. I read it. I stuck with it for like a good while. But then yeah. it got to the point where, like, the thing that broke me was the twins. The twins. I don't, yeah, like I yeah. Care. So there was yes, yeah, so there was a character who was introduced in like the be- in, like the beginning of it. Uh, he was he was named. Like, oh a, yes, yeah. He yeah I know what like, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then and then it, and then it flashes yeah. back and reveals that his that his twin brother was taken right. before he was by the Morning Glories people <laughs> and had stayed at the school for longer than he had. But then they were and they were both using each other's names and so yes. they were interacting with different people who knew themselves yeah. as different names. <laughs> so the characters you knew this whole time weren't even the characters you thought you knew. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was fucked. And then yeah, and yeah. it was and what even made let's not get into it. No, no, no. <laughs> what made even more fucked was that fucking the artist drew them the exact goddamn same. Like yeah. I, I know they're twins, but like some defining characteristic about either one of them to make it a bit easier to fucking follow. No, that was bullshit. It's Jesus I, Christ. Yeah, no. I need a no fucking plan. murder board to figure that goddamn book out. <laughs> and I kind of want one. I've actually been there's like a huge there's huge a huge bit of real estate right behind my desk. Where I feel like I just get like a cork board and like some fucking yarn and just go to town. <laughs> That's also a book I think he's abandoned. I don't think he's returned back to that book in a while since he oh, did fuck. Secret who, Invasion. Who gives stuff, a shit? Right? They could, they could end no, the, I don't care. They could end that book where it actually needs to end and it would feel the exact same as ending it in the fucking middle of the story. I, I mean, sadly, like I said, that was one of the books where I tried to reread twice and I haven't even read things I love in the last few years twice. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I like the fact that I I tried to make sense of that book more than once. Um it was just bullshit. I just really hated it. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. We'll save the morning glories discussion for episode two hundred. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let's all just read it together and and <laughs> Oh no, yeah. Like the good, the bad and the fuck. Yeah. It's coming back with a vengeance. <laughs> Yes. Anyway. So. Comics. Let's talk about the, (laughs) let's talk about Spirits of Vengeance. All right, let's. This book is not what I want it to be. Aw, man. Because (laughs) because it is only about one Ghost Rider. 
This is uh, what's his name? Johnny Blaze, right? Is yep. this Johnny Blaze? Yeah. This okay. is Johnny Blaze, and yeah, it's Johnny Blaze, Damon Hellstrom, Blade, and somebody I've never heard of before. Who? Satana. Oh yeah, I know Satana. I yeah. did not. She showed up in the Doctor Strange book most recently in Jason Aaron's run. I stopped reading that a while ago. Ah, uh, shame. <laughs> But yes, like, but yes, like Johnny Blaze just like hanging out at a fucking bar. Then some dude walks in, pulls a bullet out of his stomach and explodes. Then some cops come up to get him and they turn into demons. So Johnny Blaze turns into a terrible looking ghost rider and destroys them. Contracts Damon Hellstrom to figure help him figure out what the hell's going on. Is it Damon Hellstrom or Damien Hellstrom? I think it's Damon. Yeah. Like kind of like demon, you know, like yeah, demon yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like Damien also works. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, and then, I think it's Damon though. Yeah. Yeah, and then like some fucking fat dude who looks like the penguin, and some dude who looks like Quan Chi from Mortal Kombat summon a fucking demon dog. <laughs> Quan Chi. <laughs> yeah, and then Blade shows up. Yes. Okay. And yeah. Is like, it- no, what this, this, what what, what, what look what the are they going for with Blade? Uh, they're Is it going the classic for, Blade. They're going for Wesley Snipes Blade. Okay. Yeah, the only Blade that matters right now because they're not going to go back to fucking like Afro and Luke Cage. Right. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to that. <laughs> of course you wouldn't, because yeah. that would be that would be fucking amazing. But they're never yeah. going to go back to that because Blade is the dark, serious one now. You can't be dark and serious when you look like a, when you look like a fucking b boy. Right. <laughs> or a disco boy, whatever the fuck. I don't know. Yeah, I'd be boy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> anyway. So not that good. No, no it, no, it isn't. And it really Did sucks because like, when Spirits of Vengeance was come was fucking talked about, I was like, oh, shit, we're going to get fucking Danny Ketch, Alejandra Jones, fucking Johnny Blaze, Robbie Reyes. Yeah. The fucking, I mean, the fucking caretaker. I don't hate on Johnny Blaze, but some Danny Ketch is probably my ghost writer. Um in my opinion, even before Robbie Reyes, as we um, all know, my Ghost Rider is Robbie Reyes. Yeah, no, I I like. I mean, I, no, I, 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 like, I, I get where you're coming from, but yeah, I didn't like this new series. Actually, to be honest, I I, I fell off of that one. Well, yeah, because uh, yeah, because the new series was like not a Ghost Rider series. It was right. It was a fucking like Hulk adventure featuring Ghost Rider. Yeah, did that? By the way, did that get canceled? Yes, I it did. Fall- I figured because I didn't see it in the solicits. So yeah, yeah, they didn't even they. I, I think they like. Barely just wrapped up the fucking storyline about the weird purple goo monster who evolves, and then Ghost Rider was there. That was unfair. I mean, like, oh, they yeah, did the it, first it series, sucked. which was really good. We talked about how much we love that series. And then when they relaunched this, yeah, it wasn't a fucking Ghost Rider book. Like, I don't yeah, understand. They had a Ghost Rider like, story in the back like, that never got resolved. <laughs> right. <laughs> that first one that tried warned you, right? Yeah, we're like some fucking... <laughs> MMA fighter who had shit. fucking like yeah. time powers on rollerblades, <laughs> fought the Hell Charger and won. Which, which you know, dude, you, you love your art, but that that story was shit. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that was. Well, it, but... it, it wasn't it wasn't written by Trad Moore. No, I know. I'm just saying. I, I I hate to say it, but that story that he the, the art was fine. It was just the story was no good. Yeah, like <laughs> no, I I feel like that story could have redeemed itself if it had went on and gotten even crazier. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, that just book like, was I just, wanted, just a mess. I wanted to see something resolved in that, but it never happened. It was it was a it was a backup story in one issue and then nothing for the rest of that book's run. 
Yeah, and, and you continue with it, right? I, I didn't. Yeah, read the I, rest I continued of it. with it to oh, the okay. end because okay. fuck, I'm, how else am I going to get Robbie Reyes? Yeah, I think I read one or two issues and I was done. I, it's just never happening. Robbie is dead now. Is he dead? Oh, did he die during? So what, he's dead. Yeah, fuck it. Marvel don't give a fuck about him, so he might as well be. Oh, yeah, exactly. No, I. <clears throat> it just seemed unfair because that was the same creator who wrote the first series that came back to write that one after a hiatus. And then you thought that. I, I don't know. I, that seemed so editorially driven. It was like Ghost Rider yeah. team up. Like, what the fuck was that? Like, give the. Like, I don't know. Yeah, Anyways, just like, oh, it's like, oh, fucking. Our Hulk book's fading. Let, our Hulk book's falling. Right. Let's see if we can fucking put some more shit into this. Also, Wolverine's still popular, right? <laughs> right. Um, but I will say this. It does give me some level of encouragement uh, of the fact that the fact that like they have fully accepted Laura as Wolverine in that they are sure. putting her in goddamn everything. Yeah, she. I mean, she's, she's they're they're treating her like Wolverine. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> which is, I think, a good thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I I get where you're coming from. <laughs> but also, hey, Logan's back, and he's a fucking long haul trucker now. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, legacy yeah. fucking happened. I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't even goddamn remember what happened in that book. I, they bounced around. Other than it, it was... ended with Logan fucking running a dude over with his fucking logging truck. I did love that moment. Uh, that moment, although, like we, I, I don't know if we did talk about this. I don't really need him back at this point because they got Laura and we have old man Logan. So it's not like I needed him back, but I was I was happy to see it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what they're planning to do with him. Absolutely. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't know. And then there was an Infinity Stone that was there. Yeah, he had, he had like yeah. he had some kind of fucking stone. I think it was the yeah. blue one. Yeah, which is that Soul or is that per- I don't can't remember. I'll uh, I'll check. Yeah. Anyways, I'm that's why I wanted to look forward to reading the Spirits of Vengeance too. So I'm disappointed to hear that the first issue didn't click with you because because cause yeah, I like that's that the, I like those char- those group of characters that I thought because I didn't get the Ghost Rider Robbie Reyes maybe the Spirits of Vengeance book with like you know I like Damon Hellstrom I like those characters like I I thought this might be a, an answer to that but it doesn't sound like uh that sound like it. So blue is the Mind Stone. Oh okay. Ooh. And Wolverine currently has it. According hmm. to the according to the internet, yeah, okay, huh? Yeah, I can't That's wait. I can't wait for the stupid fucking explanation as to how he broke out of the fucking adamantium shell. <laughs> well, it's like yeah, like the way the way he broke out of it. It looks like he fucking like pulled his hands out. It looks like he pulled his hands like, up into the fucking shell of his own torso and then ripped out from the inside, like very smoothly. Yeah. Like, unless somebody fuck and, like, it, it was broken from the inside out. So unless Wolverine developed a blade in his forehead. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the thing. He just turns into fucking Romulus. <laughs> just, do I have 97 blades coming out from every part of my body? Call me Hedgehog now. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that would be an, that would be an amazing thing. Like, he, like, he comes back. He doesn't have, like, he, like, old man Logan's out there doing his thing. Laura's out there being Wolverine. He becomes the new porcupine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Roger's like Roger's like hanging out doing whatever like the idea the identity's up for grabs that's true <laughs> like Roger's being the fucking amazing stay at home dad or something yeah <laughs> oh, I, know, I, miss I miss that Roger. character I miss that book yeah I miss, yeah that book was so good yeah it brought me around on Dennis Hopeless 
Yeah. Like, I yeah. genuinely hated that man for a while. I recall. I remember. I remember. I remember bringing, bringing that book to the show and talking about it. You're just like, oh, hopeless. Yeah, when <laughs> I, I read like, it, I was what? like, oh, wait, fuck. He's actually a pretty good writer. Yeah. Yeah. He did interesting things. With the, uh, God, God damn it, Marvel. <laughs> yeah, so maybe they'll give him more work in light of this whole Bendis thing. Yeah, who uh, knows? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So Spirits of Vengeance, not good. Nope. That's what you're saying. Nope. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it looked uh, like poop, too. Just uh, final dig at it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to hear that, but I think it's only a miniseries. So, yeah. So that'll, that'll wrap up quick. Okay. So a tomahawk. Uh, a tomahawk is a as it was a serialized story that was originally told in the pages of Heavy Metal Magazine, where Grant Morrison is now the editor and in chief. It, yes, and Image Comics collected uh, all the stories that they've written to date in the pages of that in uh, something entitled Issue Zero: A Tomahawk, and it was a uh, think a five ninety nine cover price. Let me just check. Yeah, yep. five ninety nine. Um, did you read this, Dead Man? I did not. Okay. Definitely check this out if you get a chance. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, this is notable because the writer on it is Donnie Cates, oh, who shit. is w- one of the big new names in comics in terms of his indie work and coming over to Marvel now, and is going to be getting a lot of work, uh, even prior to the Bendis thing, they've announced him on a lot of books. He's on the new Doctor Strange. He's on the Thanos book. He did the book God Country, which I gushed about on this show, um... He did yeah, redneck, so, which took way too, which took me way too long to get the joke of. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's done a bunch of good work, and this is more of it. I really enjoyed this book. Tomahawk is f- fairly simple in the sense that this is basically a uh, Conan barbarian in space type book. Uh, he's just a a space barbarian who's like he's like basically like a, like a I don't know like a robot of sorts. He's just made up of like metal robot parts and he fucking kills and destroys uh people and like intergalactic wars in this like a conan type character would in space uh and the other really cool thing about this book is drawn by somebody called uh ian biederman or betterman um and it's notable for the fact that he is primarily known as a tattoo artist so in the sense that it does have that very heavy metal feel, like I guess it was it was it fit well into the magazine heavy metal, which I heard has been not good for years, even <laughs> since Morrison joined the book. But um uh but yeah, in in the middle of this book they have a section that says uh a tomahawk tattoos, and it's basically just a bunch of uh, pages of uh, pictures of tattoos that this guy has drawn on either himself or other people, I'm guessing, uh, of the Tomahawk uh, characters and creations and stuff that he's drawn in this issue. And the interesting thing about it is the art looks very... Uh, the art and colors are very crazy looking and uh, Kirby like. So like it, and like it has like an old school Kirby feel to it. And the layouts are very interesting too because I don't think this guy is primarily known as a comic book artist because he's primarily a tattoo artist. Um, he just had a lot of interesting choices in terms of the layouts of every page that he did and the action sequences and the way things look. Um, oh, this is fucking weird. Are you looking at the art or uh, no? I'm looking at other stuff. Oh, okay. uh, so yeah, so Donny Cates, he's also coming out with a new book. Um, well, a new book is listed on the uh, fucking image doc, in, the image website, uh, called "The Ghost Fleet: The Whole Goddamn Thing." Yeah, I know that book. Yeah, it is a it is an image released collection, a, an image released trade yep. paperback of a Dark Horse series. Yeah, 
um, the series got canceled, and they basically were said they were going to go digital with the rest of the series, and then it. I don't think it ever finished, so that's why Image now is printing it. And you know who the artist is on it? Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson of Extremity. Yeah. Which we, yeah. So it's. And the Ghost Fleet has this amazing tagline where it says, where it says, uh, for the world's most valuable, dangerous, or secretive cargo, you can't just call any trucking service. You call the Ghost Fleet. When one of the world's most elite combat trained truckers. (laughs) Jesus Christ, this fucking. Yeah. I read that book. I read that book. It was really. I think it's based on a movie, right? Uh, no, nope. Russell... nope. It's a thing. It's, its own thing. I think. Oh, okay. I thought it was based on something else, but uh, anyways, who the fuck knows? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So a tomahawk. It's in your face, crazy looking, fucking barbarian in space action. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, this. This is like an oversized issue. It was kind of like a bigger, it's a bigger format. It's almost like a magazine sized format that Image printed this in. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, de- it's definitely worth the $6 price tag though, because it's like probably like a 48 or 64 page comic because they collected all the short stories that they've done in heavy metal so far. So I'm glad that Image do- did that because I would not have checked this out otherwise because I don't read heavy metal. Although this is definitely something that's really cool. And uh, we're checking out, and Donny Cates is a good writer, new up-and-coming guy. And this artist, like I said, very unique-looking art. And um, so, yeah, I, I hope that they do more of this, a Tomahawk. I had a lot of fun with this. Um, so, yeah, check it out. All right, then. So, let's talk about Simon Spurrier. Let's. The dude's weird. Yeah. As we talked about a few times... With books like Cry Havoc, Six Gun Gorilla, God Shaper, The Spire. Right. And his latest book is no exception to that. So, let's talk about Angelic. Oh, is this that one with that hot, that monkey-looking thing? Did you just say that with that hot monkey? No, I, said, I was about to say something else, and then I said monkey. I didn't say hot. I was, saying, I was like, hot, and then I was like, monkey, monkey. <laughs> yeah. So... Yes, it was written by Simon Spurrier with art by Casper. I don't know if you're trying to pronounce that last name. It's like W I J N G A A R D. Wingard. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm terrible with names, as it turns out. (laughs) But yeah, so it is set in a dystopic future where the world is large, where the surface world is largely ruled by flying monkeys. Who are at war with robotic dolphins. Mm-hmm. Who themselves, I believe, are in league with or controlled by hyper-intelligent manatees. So yeah, some Spurrier book. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I had no comment on that, I was like, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> Simon Spurrier, sure. I don't connect with a lot of his work, so I, I don't know. Yeah, so uh, the book the book follows um, Cora, a young girl monk who is like who's like, hey, this blind adherence to this faith that we don't really understand it's kind of stupid, mainly because I don't want to become a mom and have my wings cut off. Because you know that's the kind of shit that's the kind of shit that fucking hyper religious future societies work on, right? Of course. But yeah, and so in the first issue, she's just kind of out there doing 
whatever. Just, just like fucking, just like telling people to go fuck themselves. Just like saying, hey, all this lore shit is stupid. And I don't want to get my fucking wings cut off, asshole. And so she's hanging out by the ocean. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of manatees in fucking, fucking flying eggs show up. And are like, hey, we're and like, hey, girl, monk, we want to fucking go do some science. And they fucking pass her off with a goddamn emo manatee. I guess. Emo manatee. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, it's a manatee who has his pod, but he has like this weird like emoji skull on the front of it at all times. Then when you pull it back, he has this weird like pattern across his head that looks like a sweep e- with those like a swept emo fringe. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and so they begin heading into like the horrible, horrible uninhabited areas, like the like the areas that nobody's allowed to go into because of like horrible diseases and shit. And they have gas masks and stuff, but except the except the manatee who's just in his pod. And we begin to find out more and more about the uh, about like human society and stuff, and what was what is left of it. Uh, specifically, like uh, like they found this uh they found the statue. Where um, where they talk about um, where they talk about the humbles, these uh, angel things that are left behind on um, in like they're fucking in like the sky, just to make sure that anything that gets too high could um, just anybody that tries to like get into heaven will be stopped by the humbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's actually not; it is actually a security system uh, that is meant to keep anybody from trying to leave or trying to get high enough from going high enough. By summoning a giant robotic flying squid. Because, okay. you know, it's a Simon Spurrier book. Yeah. Oh, God. I really like this. Really? Yeah, huh. like, it is It is not, like, of the spire level. It isn't like something where we're thrown into this world and they're not, gonna, not given a lot of explanation. Right. We are thrown into this world, but it is a world that just looking at and listening to the dialogue, you can easily make sense of what happened. Okay. Yeah, like the way the way they talk, the monk the monkeys all talk in some kind of weird broken English kind of thing. Okay. Like just like just uh they See, I think like, that would annoy me. I don't know. I, I hate when the sometimes people writers do things with language. Like it sometimes sometimes it's cool, sometimes it's hard to follow. Like sorry, go on. Well, how does yeah, he go about it? It it's uh for the most part they speak for the most part they speak like as you would expect. They right. or not, not not as you would expect. They speak like people. Okay. But every once in a while like the words that they say will be different. Like like instead of saying, "Hey, our our ancient texts," they're called the lore, or like, oh, okay. or like if they're insulting anybody, they call them a shit poop. Right. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's, yeah. It's that's... yeah. It's not. It's not like they're fucking hanging around speaking like weird broken Cajun. It's it's like we monk right. gonna speak the true true. Yeah. 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 I know. That's that's actually that's what something that um, Garth Ennis, I think, in particular, overdoes sometimes when he tries to emulate different, a- like, accents, and I just, like, uh, or, I, and sometimes it reads well, and sometimes it's a it's a mess and a hard time to follow, like, but, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I feel like it works here. I feel like it is a... Okay. It is a, it is a... As much as it can, it makes sense. Right. And... And like having her interacting with this other fucking um, with this manatee, it, it is a relationship that we've seen before. It is a it is somebody from a technologically advanced society interacting with somebody from a 
untechnologically advanced society as they both like clash and call each other stupid and then like, oh God, you fucking backwards asshole. And then she's like, oh, you fucking, you fucking weird egg bastard. And then eventually, they, eventually they, they insult each other with the exact same dialogue and go, oh wait, maybe we're not so different to you and I. <laughs> okay. Like that is literally a thing that happens as they're just like throwing insults back and forth and they both scream heretic at the exact same time. Then look at each other like, oh wait, I just realized something. And then they move on. Nothing spe- you, you, yeah, all- do you think there's deeper meaning to a lot of this? Like, is there no, is it I think him like commenting I'm, on society, like social types? I don't like, think so. Is- I think, like, on okay. this, I think it is like very much just uh, surface level, type. yeah, just surface yeah. level. This is what it is. Like, a pipe okay. is sometimes just a pipe, okay? Yeah, I don't know. I, I have a yeah, like out of all the books you had mentioned prior, oh yeah, you know, Science Superior for this and this and this. Like, I probably only liked half of those, but it, like, I definitely he is somebody I, I I try to check out. It just a lot of his stuff doesn't connect with me for whatever reason. But yeah, this it's, it's but you like you like this one. It sounds like okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah, it's worth yeah. checking out. Yeah, yeah. and uh, okay. Ca- and Ca- Casper uh, the Casper Wingard. I'm just gonna fucking call him Wingard. Sorry again if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Yeah, but like a Casper Wingard is a really good artist. Mm. Like this art is a very this art is very um, cartoony and expressive, but he's able to get a lot of really good detail and he makes the it makes the dystopian stuff work really well. And like actually some really cool imagery. Like there's a like there's a panel in here where we actually see like a like there is a destroyed cityscape as the people just fucking went into it, and eventually we see a bunch of hermit crabs coming in. But instead of seashells, they have human skulls. Oh, that's pretty cool. Which is a cool ass visual. I'm looking at some of the <clears throat> art pages right now, like preview pages online. Yeah, no, he's got a cool. The colors are really nice too. Yeah, the, the, the colors at, are a big part of this. Yeah, I'm looking at a double page spread right now of like these dolphins and like some jetpack dolphins flying through a city. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so and they're um, all and it's all anthropomorphic animals talking. In this, uh, not like? anthropomorphic; they are animals. Okay, just they got robot shit. Okay, yeah, like the manatees. They the manatees aren't like you know a person with a manatee head. It is a manatee inside a pod. Right. Yeah, these are just straight up animals that can talk. And okay. Yeah, because of huh. science. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'll check this out. This looks all right. I'm looking at some of the pieces. Yeah, this might, right this now. might be something that might work better for you in trade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'll check. And, this, th- and out. this this feels like a, like a six or twelve issue mini. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can probably get to probably get the trade for that. Um. Right. Okay. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. So. Uh, moving on. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Captain America. Uh, a book that I haven't read or talked about in quite a while because of the... For good reason. Yeah. <laughs> because of what we mentioned earlier, the whole Nick Spencer secret invasion debacle. I read I read, I, I read, read some of his Falcon Cap book, and I thought there was some decent stuff at the start of that series, but then it kind of went off the rails, and I just really yeah. got bogged Ar- down. Oddly enough, around the time they were doing the Hydra Cap thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oddly enough, I know, right? <laughs> It's true. That book became everything he was writing, including both his cat books and the event, basically all became one big event book. Like, so yeah. I jumped with, ship before with some all that fucking, happened. Yeah, with some fucking social commentary that was super subtle. Yep. Just like it is, just like, just like it is, in, just like that commentary is subtle in the new Falcon book. 
I didn't read where the literal books, son yeah. of the devil is what's causing racial is what's causing racial injustices in Chicago. Oh yeah, it's real subtle. <laughs> oh, Do you get it? <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, fucking get it? Yeah, I think so. Oh yeah. Also, uh, he <laughs> he stopped being Captain America. Uh, Falcon. Yeah, Falcon. Oh, okay. st- yeah, Sam Wilson stopped being Captain America. Went back to Falcon. Presumably, um, Joaquin Torres. Good. I think this is his name. Okay. Uh, the new Falcon. I think oh, he, the one that's uh, like with the, his bird. The, yeah, with the champions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he got the bird back. He took the bird back. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because Joaquin's right. apparently in a ditch somewhere with fucking Robbie Reyes. <sighs> what a mess. <laughs> what a mess. Okay. Yeah, it's fucking ni- it's a uh, nightmare. It is a goddamn nightmare. But, but, speaking of the fallout of that whole event, and from what I heard, because I didn't read it, was, yeah, the real Cap came back <laughs> exposed the Hydra Cap. But that, uh, but that yeah. was the real Cap. That was the whole goddamn no, storyline. I know. Anyways, this relaunch, this now with the new Marvel Legacy numbering, <laughs> uh, Captain America 695 uh, starts off part one of the opening arc written by Mark Wade, drawn by Chris Somney, the same team that brought you such great books as Daredevil, and they're run on Daredevil and Black Widow, which recently they just did a 12-issue series of that. Uh, so I, I do love this team going into this book. And this is not Mark Wade's first rodeo in writing Captain America. He's had, like, two other runs in the, like, 90s and 2000s, like, the uh, in the aughts writing ca- this character before. Um I think he just has a great voice for Mark Wade. I mean, not for Mark Wade, for Captain America. Yeah, Mark Wade has a really uh, great voice for himself. He does. <laughs> he has that wholesome, old school type of voice that he can really put into character as well. And I think there's no better character than that for Captain America uh, than Captain America. And Mark Wade uh, and Chris Somney make a great. Well, I wouldn't uh, say that. Uh, I mean, too. Archie's pretty great. Yes. Yeah, Archie is great. I mean, uh, you know, I, I do enjoy his his book, his take on Archie as well. But I think sometimes Mark Wade falls into the. Trying, like, like when he was attempting to write those fucking the Champions book, like, he tries to do hipper, younger dialogue, and it doesn't work. Words, my You're, dog. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's, he's a great writer. Um, I don't think he's successful. Yes. Mark Wade is hella lit, son. <laughs> How um, am I doing, youths? <laughs> so. Or should I say, Fam. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think he he comes off well when he tries to do that kind of stuff. But I think that for somebody like Captain America, he has a great voice for him, and um, he briefly, very briefly, mentions the events of Secret Invasion, probably in a page. <laughs> yeah, no, but this is what I'm congratulating him for doing. He went into this saying, you know what? Fuck everything that happened before this. I'm doing my Captain America story, and he briefly goes over a kind of a synopsis of what happened for like a, a a page or two in this issue, and basically just tells a story about Captain America going to a town in America who have has ba- have basically they changed their name and have a festival to um to celebrate 
Captain America every year in this town, which they've now called welcomes you to Captain America, Nebraska on a sign as he comes in on his motorcycle because that's got to be some kind of copyright infringement. Yeah. <laughs> it says B- Boughton County welcomes you to Captain America, Nebraska. <laughs> and they've they've changed the name of the town and uh, have a celebration once a year to celebrate Captain America because years ago, um 10 years ago, he came into this town by chance and basically um saved the town from uh some uh some fucking uh Nazis or something, you know. Uh hold on, I'm trying to see who these people are. <laughs> Oh, you mean a story that took place in 2017? Yeah, that's the sorry. I was mixing up with the 2017. Because uh, <laughs> fucking America. fuck, God, fucking damn it! It's not Hydra, but it's some sort of uh, some sort of Hydra-like people. He basically takes it's down. It's the Proud Boys. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, so he comes into town 10 years later now, um, just kind of like, he's kind of like doing like a road trip across America type thing, like Superman did, it seems like. <laughs> you remember that? Like, he's yeah. on his bike. He's do on I, his bike. Do I remember the time that Superman got pissed off at a journalist, so he flew him into orbit, then flew him right back down in a second? Yeah. <laughs> I might remember that. T-shirt Superman, remember? Yeah, yeah, you know, super, you know, you know, beard hey, T-shirt. Hey, Superman. Th- hey, their problems are over there, and over there has to deal with their own problems. <laughs> Superman murdered that child. What? Oh, during that that storyline? Yeah, yeah. In grounded, he set a bunch of drug dealers' drugs oh. on fire, and then and then he told this kid, "Hey, small child, when the drug dealers with guns come back, tell them, tell them I said I'll be checking in every once in a while to burn all their shit again." Oh God! And it's like, it's like, but Superman, why can't we just get out of him? And it's like, well, son, I'm over here, and the problems are over there, and over there has to deal with their problems themselves. Oh God. And the whole fucking thing got started <laughs> off by some lady saying, oh, sir, man, my husband died because you're too busy fighting these fuckers. You could have, like, learned neurosurgery and saved him because of his fucking brain tumor, you fucker. <sighs> like, trying to trying to make her, like, a Miriam Sharp kind of thing. Right. But no, it's just like, it's like, yo, Superman, you, you should have saved my husband instead of saving literally everybody else's husband's. Anyways, that's Also, terrible. if you wanted that, you should have got the fucking Flash. <laughs> The flash could fucking vibrate the tumor on your husband's head. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or fuck. Or fuck. He, like Superman does. Superman isn't even known for doing the fucking flash speed reading, speed learning thing. That yeah. is very. There's very much a flash thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wrong person, Superman. Again, Kansas boy. <laughs> yeah. Fucking goddamn it. So I can do brain surgery. These motherfuckers Anyways, are goddamn. That sounded. That sounded terrible, but that's this was not. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, he comes into the town, uh, just passing through, surprised to see that they've named this town this now because he was unaware of that. Because like I said, he he saved the, these people ten years ago. Uh, he walks into this celebration that they're having. They ha- you know he's he grabs a hot dog and all of a sudden start people start uh, approaching the podium and and talking to the crowd of people celebrating there at the festival and all telling their separate stories about how Captain America somehow helped them in their lives and and how much he means to them and uh is there a and, drop uh, what, what do you mean like this seems like this seems like kind of setup where, where captain america will go to this town and it's like oh it's pretty good here like he's eating a hot dog and somebody goes up on stage like hey man i gotta tell you what when captain america when captain america told me that all humans were genetic trash and i need to get rid of them i knew what i had to do i went into that school and i murdered all damn inhuman children 
man, Captain America saved this town. And they just, I think you just see him with his mouth hanging up as a piece of hot dog drops out of it. And they just start tucking his shield at fucking party goers. <laughs> no, I mean, it that's what would happen if I wrote it. <laughs> that didn't happen, but uh, it was. There's just a reason like a I read comics books. <laughs> Um, but it, it was a few pages of people kind of saying why he's important to them and him just observing as a person in the crowd because he, he's dressed as Steve Rogers, not as Captain America, and he's just kind of watching, uh, being a fly on the wall. And uh, basically, uh, all of a sudden, the celebration gets ambushed once again by some sort of terrorist of some sort and, uh, he, or, you know, or whatever, like Hydra aim sort of people. And It's he, a middle-aged white dude wearing khakis, a polo uh, shirt, and driving a fucking Cadillac. Everybody run. <laughs> and he uh, he rips open his shirt almost like Superman style, grabs his shield, and goes to action. Takes these guys out once again and then says some very motivational fucking words to the crowd afterwards. And basically says, you know, we know what's right. The strong protect the weak. Never forget that. And then some woman has like the American flag draped over her in the crowd. And she's like, that's the rule. Welcome back. And he gives him a fucking salute, jumps on his jumps on his bike, and rides the fuck out of the town. And I just did a clap. I clapped <laughs> after I read this and I was like, welcome fucking back, Captain America, because wow. I was just like, this is the this is the cap that I want to read. If I and I'm not even a huge fan of this character prior to like a few years ago, but this is the way he should be written, not yeah. fucking the way that no, Cap is just Nick's, a not yeah, Cap's whole thing. Is that he's just like a good guy. Yeah, there's people like you're a hero, you're an inspiration. Like it was just one of those moments where it's like, you know what? All this issue was was him beating up a couple of bad guys for a couple of pages and and kind of going back to the roots and and understanding what he means to America and kind of how, how he helps the people and how he respects them and kind of and how he inspires them to do better. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was just like a whole hard hardly like it was just it was a very nice read uh, uh, issue to read and uh, a revisit. And you know what? And he's just like, you know what? Fuck you, Nick Spencer. I'm not going with that term. Like he acknowledged it for he fucked he acknowledged it for two pages and then he moved on. There was actually even a funny gag in this about yeah, it's like oh this nightmare be- happened, but like fuck that noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and like and that's how you do it, Mark Wade. Like that's how you bring in somebody to this and to basically wash away all the bullshit that happened for a character like this and bring him back to his classic roots and and this is the only book that Marvel Legacy with this whole Marvel Legacy relaunch title that they've been doing and a lot of these books have been branded with that and they're not even new starts for these characters this actually felt like a return to form for this character like I was I was I was like bravo like well done Mark Wade. so uh, yeah I really enjoyed this I thought it was just really well done uh, Chris Somney looks great as always and uh, and yeah he just got to the heart of what makes this character good not this whole uh, fucking evil Captain America Nazi shit that went on prior, and for then the last two and then immediately fucking going back on it. Yeah, yeah. So. Just like, <laughs> fuck, goddamn it! That fucking book. Like, what the fuck was that? Like, I don't know. Like he showed, like he fucking shows up, hey, like seals fucking Manhattan, locks a bunch of heroes in space, takes over the country in a violent coup, and then the next issue, it's like people are being taught in schools like it's been this way for a full generation. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the less said about it, the better, I think, at this point, and that's why I was so happy to see this. There was actually one more thing about this issue. There was a funny moment with one of the people as he was kind of just watching the people on the podium. He was talking to somebody in the crowd, and uh, and he and uh, he made a comment to him saying, like, oh, 
you must be one of those like uh you know like they have these people now like the flat earthers like the people that think the, the world is flat he, he, yeah. he basically he referred to him as somebody who thinks that the story of captain america was the fact that he was frozen in ice <laughs> you know what i mean he's like oh you're one of those ice freeze uh freeze some i forgot what oh, you're one of the moon I'm truthers <laughs> so there was a joke about that that he that he said about uh Oh, he says, oh, you're an icer. Gotcha. He's like, icer? He's like, yeah, believes that stuff about the Avengers finding him frozen. <laughs> yeah, that's a bunch of bullshit. We all know he was living in Cabo. <laughs> and he's talking to Steve, and he, he obviously doesn't know this is him, and he's like, as opposed to, and he's like, well, come on. That's like Abraham Lincoln waking up, except kids had heard of Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> Noise. So I thought it was uh, just a really funny little uh, little thing that he wrote about the icer comment. Yeah. We I, all I know Captain America doesn't exist. It's just mirrors. Yeah. So, yeah. So good job, Merc Wade. I really enjoyed this, and uh, I look forward to more from this team. Yeah. All right, then. Yeah. So moving on to the Gravediggers Union. Yes. This looks interesting. It really isn't. Oh, come on. <laughs> Yeah. Burst my bubble in every book I wanted to hear so, about. <laughs> the books, so the book's being written. So it is a new image book um, written by Wes Craig, drawn by Toby Cypress. Yeah, Wes Craig of uh, Deadly Class. Yeah, and he actually okay. did the and Wes Craig actually did the art for the first like five pages. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So starts out on Earth a long fucking time ago, according to the text on the page. As a bunch of fucking Shoggoths are hanging out, having a bunch of cavemen bring them egg sacks. One caveman's like, no, fuck you. So then all of the other cavemen are mind controlled to beat him to death. They then pick up the egg sacks and go right back to work. Then in present day, uh, we learn that supernatural things are just common. Essentially global warming. Like, there is a ghost storm, which is a tornado made of evil spirits. There are regular zombie invasions. There are vampire attacks. And there's a fucking bit where some, where people are like, supernatural shit doesn't exist. As they are running news reports about fucking vampires and showing fucking vampires. And so there is a, so there's a government organization set up called the Gravediggers Union. Mm-hmm. It is people working at a graveyard uh, who are essentially a last line of defense against the supernatural. They have shovels and shit, and they fight zombies and vampires and trash hulks and all kinds of shit. But things have been going wrong for a while, specifically the fact that there is more and more and more things coming up that they just can't deal with. And, like, things are just getting worse and worse and worse, and people are just straight up, like, not recognizing it or not really acknowledging that it's a problem. Except one guy, one dude, who is like, hey, we need to fucking, we need to fucking, like, hey, like, this shit is getting weird. We need to go talk to one of the fucking witches about this. But they can't because their boss is a fucking corporate dickbag who's like, no, you can't interact with fucking witches. The fuck's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so our main guy, I believe his name is Cole. I think it's Cole. Yeah, he is. 
he is very intent on fucking looking into this shit. He is, yeah, like one uh, on like the first issue that we first bit that we see, it is him and his boys fighting an army of zombies, and they all fucking, and one of the zombies actually talks to him and has this weird medallion on him, and so he like feels it in his bones that shit's getting weird, and yeah, so he fucking. He and a couple of his buddies from the from his local union, uh, Grave Diggers, yeah, the Grave Digger Union Local Six Hundred Six. Uh, they decide they're going to go talk to a fucking witch who is actually who is currently a who's currently the head of the Wiccan Financial Associates. Mm-hmm. This sounds really interesting. All of these ideas say, sound yeah, interesting. Like, what's the problem? Because like, it, 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 well, I'm sure you'll get to it, but like, it, it's a lot of weird concepts. But like, the other book you just talked about was like weird as well. But you enjoyed that. But yet, this it didn't sound like you enjoyed it. Uh, For so one thing, the artwork understand. isn't that great. You don't like Wes Craig? I mean, that's only five pages. You said, yeah, though, it's, it's only five like pages. The first five pages okay. look fucking great. Okay, you don't. The, like but then the we get into the action. Well, then we get into Toby Cypress. Okay. And it reminds me a lot of Jock. Uh, okay, you don't like yeah, I I like Jock, so maybe I maybe I'll dig it. Okay. But no, like it's yeah. like here's the thing. It reminds me of Jock, but it's worse. Ooh, okay. Like Jock style, like love it or hate it. It is a very fine line that guy walks. Sure. Where like if he if like like the like, like he his style is such that is such that if he changes if he changes like if he changes like too far in either direction, it turns into shit. Mm-hmm. Like I can look at his art and go like, all right, yeah, I can see why people like this. I don't personally, but I can see why people would like this. Mm-hmm. But it is really close to just being like across the board shitty. I'm looking at some of the pages right now, the Tony Cypress uh, stuff right here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I hate it as much as you do. I think it's okay. It's not my favorite style, but. Yeah, and like it's also there is this weird there are these weird, like, paint blocks all over the fucking page. Just every once in a while, there will be, like, this all of a sudden just burn of, like, semi-transparent red or blue or pink or something over everything. There you go. That's why you, that's why I hated on it. You hated witches, too. And you hated jocks. And witches was the same shit. It was, like, this paint blotchy. Remember that? Remember yeah, that you yeah I remember that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It was a similar kind of thing. But, like, with jock, there was a level of, like... There was a level of consistency in detail. Right. Whereas with this, I... The only reason I'm able to tell who characters are from panel to panel is because they're all wearing very distinctive hats. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't have that, I don't know if I'd actually be able to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not a good thing, then. No, that's... Yeah, and, like, background-wise, it is very... The backgrounds, I think, will actually work better than the characters because the characters are just like nightmarish to me, and like barely eligible and like barely legible between the two between the individuals. But the backgrounds, when they're there, as I'm looking through now, I notice that there are multiple panels that are just a single color or just white. Like the white, the fucking white background panels, they can't even fucking have the weird like transparent fucking paint splotches over them because there's just nothing there. Mm-hmm. Like they intentionally left out a background. And yeah, like looking at the world itself, it is 
like the thing I like about like both both this and Angelic have interesting settings, but are doing well trodden ideas. Where where like like with with uh with this it is it is oh the world is crazy but these but these guys are doing it, are doing the best they can with the fucking bureaucratic system they have in place but that system ain't cutting it so they need to go they need to go outside they need to risk their badge they need to risk their careers and their lives to save us which is something that we see before where I am assuming that at some point uh one of the the fucking coal or whatever will be asked to turn in his sh- his badge and shovel or something. And in fucking and in Angelic, it is like I said, somebody from a less technologically advanced society interacting with somebody from a more technologically advanced society, eventually realizing that hey, we're not so different to you and I. Mm-hmm. But where I think the two differ is that in in Angelic, it is elem- it is like that story in in a setting I haven't seen before. I've never seen the story in a fucking post-apocalyptic, horrible world where everybody's dead. Flying monkeys are at war with robotic dolphins that are being controlled by goddamn manatees in space pods. And the skies are patrolled by fucking laser-guided squids. Sure. Yeah. And also, the artwork elevates things. Hmm. But having having this story be, hey, what if the Ghostbusters were less tech but, like, more well-known? It is just very uninteresting to me mm-hmm. of just having just, – I'm just like, hey, turn your fucking badge and your gun. But like I said earlier, turn your fucking badge and your shovel. You'll never dig in this town again, I tell you. You're a loose cannon, Cole. <laughs> Out there with your pitchforks instead of a shovel. Right. <laughs> this This business, this industry was founded on shovels. <coughs> oh, that, that did not—that did not do wonders for my throat. I will tell you what. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so I just there's yeah, fair. No, there's just I nothing just for I, this. I had high hopes for it just because I I like Wes Craig a lot from Deadly Class, and this is like a an artist writing a book, and I always kind of try to you know look forward to things like that sometimes if they're from artists I enjoy just to give them a chance, you know? Yeah, because, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, that doesn't sound too promising, but and I, I feel and I feel like if this if this book was actually cavemen versus eldritch horrors, I'd be way more into it. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh well, and like, and like that, like that beginning stuff with the cavemen. That is that I don't know how that connects at all because it doesn't connect at all. It's just we get five <clears throat> so pa- is, we get five this pages. Is one issue, right? Yeah, this is one issue so far. Okay. You know, the first five pages are cavemen carrying eggs. For fucking for fucking Shub Niggerath, and then one of them's like, "Yeah, hey, fuck you," and then they're and then everybody's like, "Mind control," and beat the shit out of him, ripping his fucking bones apart, and they just go right back to carrying egg sacks, and then hard cut to a news report about a ghost storm, a soul NATO, if you yeah. will. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, well, maybe I'll hold out to hear how what how it is when the trade comes out again. Because, uh, like I said, I do want to kind of check this out, but that's uh, not a ringing endorsement. But fair enough. Nope. One issue in. Well, maybe it'll get better. Hopefully. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. So uh, I'm delving into, like you mentioned earlier, like thousands of bat books that come out every week. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm basically going to start talking about uh, Batman White Knight. Uh, so is, we're two issues into the eight issue uh, miniseries that uh, this is totally drawn and uh, written by Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy, of course, who we know from, uh, you know, such things as he worked with uh, all the way back when he worked with Grant Morrison uh, on Joe the Barbarian from probably when I first got introduced to his work to he worked with Scott Snyder on The the Wake, a series he did with Vertigo. He worked with uh, probably more recently uh, Rick Remender on uh, Tokyo Ghost, which I talked about on the show that I really enjoyed. And uh, some other things he's done, and he's written, you know, Punk Rock Jesus was a miniseries he did for Vertigo, which he drew and wrote. And, uh, and yeah, he's just kind of, he's did some, he's did some Batman work here and there, like short stories, I think, with Scott Snyder before. And this is basically his own Elseworlds story, uh, basically with Batman. And in the first issue of this, you learn that in this uh, world, uh, the Joker, Jack Napier, who's basically the character from the Tim Burton, the name of the Joker in the Tim Burton version of Batman, which really had no relation to the actual Batman comics uh, in that sense. Yeah, but uh, like it's still fucking... It's canon in a way, but not yeah. in the sense that it's 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 the Joker that we know uh, him by name in the in the comics. Yeah, it's it's canon. Uh, it's canon that we needed a name, and this name has history with the character. Absolutely, yeah. Which I wasn't upset at. I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool that he used that. Um, but I just love how DC lately has been giving some people the reins and doing these kind of Elseworld stories. I, I and they haven't been branding them as Elseworlds, but this is totally. Yeah, but an they're Elseworlds basically book. Elseworlds. Yeah, and I and I love the I love the Elseworld tales, and with a fantastic artist like Sean Murphy on it. Uh, this, I mean, let's put this aside right now. I think he's a great fucking artist. So I'm, I yeah, can sit totally. here and talk about the art all day. I can talk about how much I love the fact that he drew. He's drawing all these like in this second issue. You got a chance to see basically him draw like his rogue gallery. There's yeah. a sit down table section, like a two page spread, which is fantastic. Yeah, and the, and they got it. It was a big rock joke. Where in that certain page? Or? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like um, like that fucking page is essentially a callback to the goddamn um, like Batman animated series episode. I did not catch that. Ah, oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah, good point. I did not catch on to that. Yeah, they're all si- uh, yeah, they're all sitting around yep. talking, and like we spend more time like fighting each other than we are fighting him. And then yeah, and then, yeah, and then yeah, just yeah, all of a sudden, yeah. just you see Killer Card just like it was a big rock. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Nice, nice. That's cool that you got that. I didn't catch that. Um, yeah, yeah. And Killer Croc that was a snout. Yeah, I guess that's his version of him. He also kind of went with more of the like a Bane version that looks like more of the movie version in this. Uh, it looks kind of like uh, he looks like fucking and- haunted. No, no. What, what was it? What was the fucking book? Uh, the fucking ah shit. What was it? Uh, he kind of looks like that guy who's Captain America's uh, crossbones, kind of like he, his mask, yeah. at least. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, with the weird stitch mouth thing. Like, at, like it, it is more luchador than gas mask, yeah. but like still, yeah. 
I, I just meant because of the fur. Like, it looks like he's got fur behind his head, like like a vest of some sorts, because isn't that how that jacket that he was wearing in the movie was kind of like that? Uh, I think it was just a big collar. Okay. Okay, maybe. I, I don't know. Also, I, yeah, some, some re- I, don't, also don't, yeah. I also don't recognize two of the villains here. Which Which ones? The one with the gas mask. Which I think is Scarecrow, but I don't know for sure because it looks yes, like he has cat ears. I, I think that's his take on Scarecrow. Yes, he it's it almost looks like a more traditional Sandman, like the original Golden Age Sandman look. But that yeah. has to be that has to be Scarecrow. I, I don't know who else that could be. And then uh, the and the small child holding on to Killer Croc. Oh yeah, she's been with Killer Croc before. I can't remember her fucking name, but that is a character that's been featured with Killer Croc before. Yeah. Um, also, it looks like they made the it looks like they made um the ventriloquist and the Scarface black. Black, yeah. Which yeah, hey, which fuck is, it, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit weird having a black Italian monster, but like, fuck it, dog. <laughs> uh, and I like. Uh, anyways, yeah, I kind of jumped ahead there, but basically, yeah, in the first issue, you find out that Batman um, and, and Joker. It's the whole classic, you know. We we're made for each other. We're in love for each other. We're going to continue fighting each other because we need each other type of story. Which I felt that that was nothing original, but I thought the cool twist at the end was basically Batman um, shoves a bunch of pills down the Joker's throat in a rage at the uh, after catching him in this kind of uphill battle, trying to catch him around Gotham with all the rest of the Nightwings and and Robins and all that, and they're basically trying to get the Joker and. He he finally gets to him and he beats the shit out of him because he pisses him off and he shoves all this medication down his throat and and it, the medication actually has a a different effect on the Joker in actually curing him it seems like it actually after he comes out of the hospital he somewhat um he is sane. himself he is Jack yeah Nazi. exactly and and uh, which was an interesting twist and. And uh, uh, also the book opened up with him visiting, you think, because it's kind of shadowed and you kind of see him talking, oh, don't worry, I know my way around here. And you, your first thought would be to think because you don't see him, but you hear him walking into Arkham Asylum. And of course, this is Batman visiting, of course, like he always does because he knows his way around. It turns out to be Jack, uh, you know, a.k.a. the Joker. And uh, and he, he's visiting Batman, who's actually in Arkham yeah. Asylum, which I don't feel that this whole thing is to- 100% original. Like, I'm sh- I think that's at some point that has been done it somewhat in the past. Although, oh, yeah, probably. Like, fucking, that, yeah. I think that's Hugo Strange's, like, goal half the time he's on, half the time he's on panel. Mm-hmm. No, I know that he's ended up in Arkham Asylum before. Like, that's definitely been done. I've read things with that happening. But, like, um, this take with the Joker becoming sane and him ending up there and him basically being, I guess that's why they, t- they titled this The White Knight of Gotham. Like, um, I mean, and there were, and two issues in, we're still telling the story of how he got to that point, but that was how they opened up the book. Yeah, and, and, like, uh, jo- and like, the Joker ends up, like, as Jack suing the city. Right. And that's and that was the clever part. I think the biggest takeaway from the first issue was that I thought he picked up on something interesting that everybody, uh, the way social media works this day, they kind of crowded around Batman and took pictures on their cell phones. Everyone's got a camera of him beating the shit out of the Joker and shoving. Oh, his yeah. head. And, and then, you know what I mean? Like, I thought that was an interesting observation, like for him to make, like, listen, uh, that's how today is. So that's definitely what would happen. Everyone would just jump on the bandwagon and start hating Batman saying, Oh yeah, he's never fucking did anything for the city. Even though, listen, this guy's gone, gone toe to toe and saved so many people all these times. But oh no. Yeah. Like fuck, in yeah, fucking detective you know? comics, that was anarchy's fucking storyline. 
right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, not too long ago. That's that's great. Yeah, there's like Anakin spoiler. Just like, to, yeah, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. you, Batman. You fucking tyrant. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I thought that was interesting that he chose to do that. And the other interesting I th- thing I think he did in this uh, second issue in particular is the fact that he goes to see Harley. And the Harley that we thought is today's modern version of Harley, the Suicide Squad Harley, uh, the daddy's little girl shirt Harley, uh, yeah. turned out to be not the real Harley. No. <laughs> she was it somebody was a, who... Yeah, it was a very... <laughs> it was it was a storyline. It, it was a plot point that made a lot of sense when I thought about it. I, I loved it. it I loved it. That's it worked. It worked. I, I was... It, this is one of those things that we think we'd be grown about, but it actually fucking worked very well. Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, like, wanna, the, yeah. The main thing was that, like, the new... The, the original Harley came back in the original suit, and I was like, I was like, wait, that wasn't you? It's like, nah, I left the months ago. You didn't even fucking notice. <laughs> right. So someone... Which, yeah, just, Joker would do that. Joker don't go fuck, dog. Yeah, and she was basically just someone else resumed her role as a... As a as she described her, a bigger, a bigger chested, <laughs> blonde version of uh, blonder version, younger version of yeah. Harley uh, in his place, and the whole time he was so fucked up that he didn't even realize. And I guess she went back to being maybe a doctor, and uh, or at the, the very least, just stopped doing crimes. Right, and all of a sudden. Lo and behold, who's comes knocking at the door? The classic animated series Harley, which is a, also a very uh, better way of him saying, "Hey, you know what? Um, you fuck this, this shit. version. Yeah, this version's way fucking better. This is what I think most people think. Yo, Let's Paul fucking bring till her- I die, motherfuckers. Yes, exactly. Which I thought was a nice tip of the hat, uh, and for him to explain it in this very interesting way, which, uh, like, like, you, like, like I said, it. It's so crazy that it almost wouldn't, it doesn't work on paper, but the way he actually, he, he worked it out, uh, he did a very good job of explaining, uh, you know, this whole switch around, uh, of these characters and how, uh, the, she is the original Harley and now she's back and she's got the hyenas with her, you know, again, animated series, um, uh, or Batman New Adventures, I guess the one that came after the original animated series. So, yeah, um, yeah, just really, really good fucking issue. The, my biggest takeaway that I want to mention about this series so far is not only is the art fantastic, but that's to be expected through Sean Murphy if you're a fan of his work. I think since the first thing that I read that he wrote, uh, that punk rock Jesus, this is a step up in terms of his quality of writing. I think he's writing the shit out of this book so far and doing a great job of yeah. it. Yeah, he I, is. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, he is I, doing I a really good job. Um I've seen. I don't. I haven't read the first issue since it came out, but I feel like Batgirl kind of got the shaft in that one. Uh, you mean in terms of like when they were chasing the Joker in that? Yeah, scene? like, I, like, like yeah. for whatever reason, like reading it, I was just like, oh, this is like some weird, not good shit. Hmm. I do remember something along those lines. I think you're right. Yeah. Um. I can't recall. I don't have the first issue in front of me, but I think yeah, I don't think you're wrong in that. I think she definitely got short shrifted uh, uh, on that. Um, but yeah, they, they, they definitely, they, yeah, they explain about how he was obsessed with Batman and they talk about how, again, a little nod to old Batman stuff, but kind of doing a little twist in the Elseworld style. Yeah. He talked about how Joker, yeah, exactly. About how he said how you beat the shit out of him that one time, you know, like with the bat. Yeah, like, like, Har- like Harley was like, yeah, we're all having fun and stuff. Then you just kind of got us just Batman. We weren't fucking anymore. Then I came home and saw a child tied up in our living room. I was like, okay, I need to leave. Yeah, yeah, like that's when I knew you finally went off the handle. Uh, uh, through, yeah, um, and 
and yeah, she basically, Batman was destroying you. He was destroying our relationship. You were obsessed with him. He has a room full of Batman toys and paraphernalia. Yeah, like a yeah, poster, yeah. Just, just like a fucking, like, just like his fucking, like, uh, gray phantom t- fucking thing. <laughs> Yeah, which kind of actually took me back to when I first discovered uh, Sean Murphy's work on Joe the Barbarian a little, little bit. You remember, you read Joe the Barbarian by Grant Morrison, right? Yeah, like yeah, the, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kinda, the whole scene of all the toys in the room, like I kind of got that little, like a little flashback to his work on that from that scene with the whole, with the Joker kind of all the Batman stuff. And uh, yeah, I know I've really enjoyed this. I, I love Elseworlds books. If you like Elseworlds, a different take on Batman. Where, again, like I said, it's not the most original of ideas, but I think he's doing a good job of fleshing everything out, and the art's fantastic. So yeah, Batman White Knight. I mean, I know there's a shitload of Batman books every week, like we've mentioned, but this is definitely probably one of the most quality ones that's being put out uh, currently, in my opinion. And a, and, a, and, a, and a different take on the character. So uh, yeah, I, 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 I've been loving it so far. Um, I can't wait till this is collected, because I'll probably buy the... If they bring it out in a nice big hardcover or something. I'll oh, hell yeah. Like, That's just going on the fucking it. shelf, dude. Yeah. yeah. This is a uh, fucking instant buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's also a great scene where Bruce is at like a socialite type fucking event. Like, you know, he's barely a billionaire Bruce Wayne. Uh, and uh, some people are talking about how like, you know, uh, Joker's better and how like Bruce, uh, Batman hasn't done shit for the city. And this kind of, you know, like, yeah, that dude, kind just, of a, thing. just a bunch of fucking like yeah. shitbag rich people just saying, just sitting around like, oh, yes, I know all about the culture of this city. Right. And then the Joker is so interesting. <laughs> and then Bruce Wayne actually uh, just beats the shit out of a guy. Yeah, <laughs> he just bounces. Which, which I thought was awesome. He literally just like throws his arm up and punches him right in the face, like like without even looking at him. Yeah, and he is the most weaselly, weedy looking motherfucker. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so I, I I love that moment too. Uh, but yeah, that, like I said, the thing I'm most impressed with is um, is uh, him writing this. I think yeah. he's doing a not really sure great how, job. Not sure how I feel about the. Uh, about Jack and Harleen using Mad Hatter technology and the body of Clayface to fucking mind control the villains. Yeah, bit of a stretch. I, I, I get what you're saying, but at that the same time... That feels like an actual Joker plan. Yeah. At least at least he's trying, though, to come up with actual... like. Oh, no, he's, that... doing, he's doing interesting things. Yeah, that's what I mean. There was that, there was the Harley thing... He's actually taking the time to Yeah, he is, he is trying, like, like hey, yeah. what is something that hasn't been done to death? Right, right. And I think that's actually coming through very clear on the on the pages. Like, Absolutely. And I, I, I'm, I'm sitting there, and like you said, not everything is clicking for me, and, and not everything is totally 100% original. Um, because, you know, at, at this point be. with Batman... Yeah, exactly. With Batman, they've He's done been, it all. He, right? Batman's been around for almost a century. Right, so at a certain I think this point, is very good. yeah, at a certain point, expecting originality from a fucking Batman story is just impossible. Yeah. So yeah, Batman White Knight, definitely check it out. It's one of the better Bat books out right now, in a sea of thousands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. One of which we'll be talking about a bit later in the show. Yes. <laughs> so then, final book for me, Punisher the Platoon. Yes. So you have you read both issues? Yes, I have. Okay. Yes, this is a new Punisher book from Garth Ennis. Uh, with art by, I believe it is Gordon Pavl- Gordon Parlov? Yeah, Gordon Parlov. Yeah, this book is... Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. No, no, I liked it. 
Okay, okay. It's just... I was going to say, come on now. Yeah, like, I, I liked it. It's just... I read Punisher Born. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, like, having a... Having a more canonical, but kind of less what I'm looking for mm-hmm. of Punisher. Yeah. Yeah, so the framing device for this is that it is a person. He is, he's a, he's, it is a writer who wrote a book about like about like, I think I think he wrote about I think he wrote a book about the Punisher after he became the Punisher, but now he is going back trying to find out about the Punisher before he became the Punisher, the Punisher in the war, right? Which is still the Vietnam War, and so he gathers up a bunch of dudes who used to roll with the Punisher, who used to roll with Frank Castle, and is now just interviewing them. And on top of that, he also is he also is like kind of concurrently, at least with like story wise. He is also talking to a former high-ranking officer in the Vietnam Army who actually fought against Frank Castle. And, the, and like it is – I didn't expect it. I didn't expect them to actually like – I didn't expect him to actually like give a in-universe reason as to why he knows these things. Mm. Because in the first issue, um, near the end of it, they start talking about um, this one female Vietnamese soldier. She is a she's a loose cannon. She's out there just fucking get shit done, and she don't get you don't care who the fuck gets in the way. And uh, like, and only this and only this high ranking officer is like is like giving her a chance to actually do that. And they're, and they're having this big discussion. And at the end of it, all four guys are like, "How the fuck do you know this?" And the next issue begins with him showing showing a picture of that fucking general, old as fuck, just saying, "Yeah, I talked to this guy." Real simple, and mm. I was not expecting it. Mm. So anyway, um, yeah. So it's about these guys. Uh, they are just they're hanging out on their fucking hill in their little in their fucking base. They're they're a shit base, just doing whatever. And then they get a new lieutenant, and they expect him to be some fucking. They expect him to be some fucking like big dick swinging asshole, just coming in there taking shit over, but being told, but being terrible about everything. Mm. And they are taken aback in the fact that he actually listens to his men and gets a, gets abreast of the situation and like isn't a shitbird. Mm. And the first real thing he does as a lieutenant is call an airstrike for an area that might be clear, but they aren't one hundred percent on. And it turns out, hey, there are people there with guns, and thus the respect of his men was earned. Then they get, yeah, yeah. This yeah, is he's, a, not what, he's not what we would expect from Frank Castle, uh, but this is early on in his like history. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like he's, he's still very quiet. He's still a, he's still a murder guy. machine. Oh, as you see in issue two, yeah, yeah. He is, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he is still like a fucking walking armory, but he is not as he's not as cold and detached as he is, and as he is the Punisher. No. But he is quite, I would say, quiet and calculative when you yeah, first Yeah, he's quite kind of calculating, but there isn't yeah, that, yeah. like, but there isn't, there isn't that coldness to it. No. Like, he seems to actually, like, the things that he does, like, like the reason he called in the airstrike was, he was the, like, I believe his reasoning was, he didn't want the risk, he didn't want to risk the lives of his men to prove that, in, to prove that intelligence was right. Right. I mean, plus they were lying about happenings that were going on down there. They were paid to, like, look the other way, I believe they mentioned in that first issue. Like, there was 
Like I, I, I remember the, the, there was some sort of thing going on with them where they, where they, they were told like they were supposed to lie and like not report what was going on or something like that. Is yeah, that uh, something yeah. about something about like reporting numbers wrong so they can get more supplies because they're like the right. they're, they're, they're like they're like at the ass end of the delivery list, mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. And going to the second issue, uh, we get to see Frank be Frank. Yeah, <laughs> just like fucking karate chopping dudes' necks. Stealing their own guns, fucking murdering everybody. And, yeah, I... With bayonets, no less. Yeah, with bayonets. <laughs> fucking lifting dudes above his head. That that was my favorite moment, was the fact that he, what the guy was describing that they were meeting with in the in the bar or coffee shop or whatever the hell, or at bar they meet him in. Um, he says, but that's when I knew... Like, like how this, what, uh, you know, how crazy, yeah. like, he was. Like, I knew how he actually, do. yeah, like, he's like, you know, something that you never fucking hear at this point in time anymore. He's like, yeah, boys, put your bayonets on. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. They're going in. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. <laughs> there's no hand to hand, like, close combat like that normally during these wars anymore, yeah. right? So, like, yeah, the fact that, that, because, like, yeah. guns are able to fire infinity, right. infinity bullets. Yeah, the fact that he was he was just going to throw it all to the wind like, 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 like right, fuck it, like fuck it. let's turn this into a knife fight. Yeah, <laughs> and their base blows like, up. He just stabs the shit out of fucking like twenty people. Right? Yeah, it's and then their base blows up, and it's like, well, well, we're going to be ordered to move out or hold here, and if we hold here, it'll be a siege. And one guy's like, wait, you mean like in a castle? <laughs> and you know that like the second that happened, everybody just turned over to him and just like took turns slapping him. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Except for Frank, he just looked at him disappointed. <laughs> Which might be worse. Yeah. Just oh, if yeah. the Punisher's disappointed in you. Yeah, I wouldn't w- I wouldn't want him disappointed in me, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh so yeah, like this is not this this is kind of a weird thing for Garth Ennis to do, because like Garth Ennis, I'm used to th- I'm u- when Garth Ennis writes the Punisher, I'm used to the Russian. Right and like the and like the fucking trio of and trio of vigilante serial killers. Mm-hmm. Like I'm used to that kind of shit from Garth Ennis. I'm not used to this very subdued and almost realistic take on war. Did you? So I only ask this because the stuff that he did that you had mentioned there at least was more of the. Uh, proper Marvel, like Marvel Knights, like actual main universe stuff. But did you ever read any of this Punisher Max stuff? Yeah, yeah, I did. I think so. Okay, I think so. Yeah, because because even that's, I would say that this is more in the vein of that, although still a little bit different, even than some of the Max stuff. Like, so you're right. This is almost like it has its own lane, like in terms of like the content, but like. It's weird because it's been so many years since he's actually wrote this character, um, even though he's wrote so much Punisher for Marvel, right? So, like, yeah. the fact that he returned to tell this story, it's kind of – I guess maybe he wanted to make it maybe, – maybe maybe separate it from everything else he's done. I don't know. It's – but, yeah, I, 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 I get what you're, you're saying. I, I don't know where it necessarily fits into – that stuff as well because i believe if i'm not mistaken i think in the punisher max it was in the iraq war that he was in i think if i'm i might have that wrong but maybe i, I don't know that, i think i think he was in iraq or something but anyways yeah well yeah yeah it's all right 
Okay, I'm, I'm glad you didn't hate you didn't hate it. So <laughs> no, I didn't hate it. Um, like I really love like, it. We're, we're, like re, like worst part of it would be the art. It is very, it's very sloppy from to me. Hmm. Like like you see, like you see a lot of their faces and they. Like I remember, like I remember, like when the, when the fight began, and like there was that one guy on the minigun, just like one guy on like the turret, was like, "Hey, we need help over here!" And his face was like melting. Mm-hmm. And then we and then we get like the female Vietnamese office. We get the female Vietnamese soldier, and she looks like she's from a different book. It's like very very pronounced lips on her. Mm-hmm. Which and like like uh, we, we get we get a couple like a uh, we get a couple like tight shots of her of her face like tight, some tight panels of her face, and yeah, she looks like she's from a totally different series. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like Goran Parlov, but I, I get what you're uh, referring to. Um, oh, sorry. Just to follow up with that, I was just I was just checking because I was curious for myself because I couldn't recall. It looks like. Yeah, no, with Ennis, it was always the Vietnam War. It looks like Raka or somebody wrote some some Punisher, and he's the one that uh, said that he was part of the Afghan-Iraq War veteran. Yeah, which, okay. which makes yeah. a bit more sense. Right. Like, yeah, because like, that was like, more like, modern. Like, yeah, like with Marvel's sliding time scale. Yeah. It makes more uh, sense to have, like, 35-year-old Frank Castle be a, be a veteran of, like, the of that war as opposed to being a veteran of the Vietnam War, which took place, which which would make him, like, 60 Right. Yeah, no, that's uh yeah, that makes but sense. But then again, I, knew, I, I would totally be down for a geriatric punisher. <laughs> um, Just instead of having a battle van, he has a battle rascal. Have you ever read Jason Aaron's Punisher Max? I don't think so. I I know I know I read some Jason Aaron Punisher series. Okay, so at the end of Jason Aaron's Punisher Max, that's essentially what happens because it's like not a it's like a spiritual like uh, uh, a sequel to, in a sense, like to like Garth Ennis's Punisher Max, in the sense that this is takes place after Garth Ennis's Punisher Max, and by the time that series ends, Jason Aaron's run on it, he's he is basically an old fucking man struggling. Like the last couple arcs of that series, you're gonna see the Punisher in a different light altogether because he's having the hardest time doing anything. Like he's he's just struggling because. He's still killing. Don't get me wrong. And yeah, of doing course he is. His own, yeah, but but he is having a, a a much harder time because of how old he is at that point in the series. Uh-huh. So it, it, so that has been done. That's the only time I've actually really seen that done. So I thought it was interesting, and I won't spoil the ending. But I thought it was really great, uh, great st- stuff that he did. Uh, just Aaron did on Punisher Max as well. So, anyways, uh-huh. yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, so the last book I'm going to talk about yet again, another of the thousand Bat books, is uh, Bat, uh, Detective Comics. Are you up to date on this? I think so. Last issue okay. I read was um, was like they lock was them locking um, Batwoman in a fucking cage because future to, right. future Tim Drake is like I'm a murder Batwoman. <laughs> yeah. So basically, this issue was the conclusion of that, which is issue nine sixty eight. This is the Conclusion of the A Lonely Place of Living arc, which is basically just a play on the A Lonely Place of Dying, which is the one where uh, Jason Todd died originally. And this is uh, Tim. This has all been about Tim Drake, though. Tim Drake yep. is back from his fucking Oz isolation, which turned out not to be fucking Doctor Manhattan, but or sorry, not Doctor not uh, Ozymandias, but uh, yep. it's, fucking it's, it's Superman's dad. 
Yeah, which I thought was kind of stupid. Of course, but you didn't really, Yeah, which didn't you didn't deal with that in Detective though. They kind of explained it more so in the Superman books. Yeah, just, but just like just like, hey, Dad, what are you doing being yeah. the fucking playing this thing? It's like, oh well, an older version of my son stayed in a dimension made entirely of glass, and I was like, I ain't gonna be upstage, motherfucker. Uh, so yes, but ba- basically, call me as. <laughs> so basically, though, Tim Drake and Detective just kind of came back out, uh, and he he comes pl- back to the team to kind of resume his rightful place as part of this team that he's put together. Uh, because if you remember at the start of this Detective run by, J- J- by James Tinian, um, he is basically the one that brought everybody together, and he's the one that made the yeah, belfry. He made, yeah, he made the belfry. He he, yeah. he organized the team. He specifically set things up so that should he ever go away. Yeah, things will be and, good, uh, right? And I don't. I think it's been a. It's been a while. I feel that since we checked in on this book, I just wanted to say it. It has still been continued to be an enjoyable book. Oh, yeah, totally. Again, one of, again, probably one of the better Bat books uh, other than Batman for me. Uh, out of coming out of Rebirth, and, absolutely. And I love. I love it because the team. The t- it gives you the whole team aspect of everybody included in this. Clayface is a little fantastic. Uh, uh, Clayface you know, is so uh, good. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, but this particular arc just basically all centered around Tim Drake and uh, Tim Drake from the future, where he became Batman, which is an idea that they've played with in the past before. Um, comes and warns him. Yeah, Batwoman, something's going to happen, and y- y- and she's going to basically. Uh, you guys aren't going to see eye to eye, and she's going to be the reason why a lot of you guys die. So I'm here to stop this. Yep. So I got a ruined. fucking pistol. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so he pulls out the whole, you know, uh, this is Tim Drake Batman, not Bruce Wayne Batman. Bruce Wayne's dead in his future. Uh, and and Tim Drake's like, no, I would never become Batman because that's always been his kind of thing. He he's just the only reason he became bat uh, to help Batman was because he seen that he needed help in his his time of mourning and and that he was there to help him. And he's always been more pro Robin. And I don't have a lot of exposure with Tim Drake, and I know he's not been around for a long while. He hasn't really been at the forefront of the DC universe. So I loved loved this particular arc of this seeing D- Tim Drake uh, as the front pr- person that you learn about uh yeah you know, but it does still kind of suck that they demote that they demoted him back to robin yeah because no, like, like, like going going into this and like 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 in the dc books he was red robin he was like right. he was like a separate hero in the vein of like a nightwing but he was but even even, even while he's called even while rob was still in there he was like a separate entity still mm. but then having him come back put him in the robin suit like, like putting putting him in a tone, putting him in like a toned down, uh, closer to Robin suit than a red Robin suit, and just putting him straight up in the Robin suit, but with two R's, and then removing the second R. Mm. Just it feels like a real step backwards again. Yeah, you know, that's it's because of Damien. Damien came along and kind of fucked things up for this character. I think that this was a lot of people's Robin though originally, and even being oh, yeah, like he even, moved on, like became if, Red Robin. Yeah, like was, if you were is, like if you were an animated series kid, then you fucking grew up with Tim Drake. Um, I mean, for me, Dick Grayson was always my Robin growing up. Uh, even before he became Nightwing, I always kind of thought of him as Robin. Although I loved Nightwing so much that I was able to move on to Tim Drake. And uh, although I don't have so much exposure with the character, I thought this was a great little storyline that basically, 
gave you everything you needed to know about the story from his uh, first beginnings and also like a little interesting um, other storyline uh, accompanying it with him coming from the future and him and showing how much ass he fucking kicks because <laughs> he is so much better and smarter than most of the other Rob uh, all the other Robins are and, yeah. and, and yeah, he's like just a, as good like, like the thing, if not better than Batman yeah, like, like the that's thing, what he the says that, you're better like the thing that has always been like the thing with Tim Drake is that he is the closest to being Batman of all the Robins Absolutely. But he is the furthest from wanting to be Batman. Right. Right. Which is, which just great character. Yes. His stuff in this, like that's, I mean, like he, you could tell that James Tinian loves this character. Absolutely. This arc. Like, and I think it was just very important because, and, and that's why this book is such an important book because it highlights these characters separately along the way and, 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 and still keeping the team aspect kind of going through this whole time along. Uh, yeah. And like, uh, way, and like so. you are, you're more, you're more familiar with it, but like, how are you feeling about this book's version of Cassandra Kane? Don't like it. Okay. I, uh, uh, I still think of her as, uh, uh, sorry. No, not Cassandra Kane. Sorry. Uh, you're talking about uh spoiler. Or, uh, no, no, not, no, that's Stephanie no, Brown. Batgirl, Batgirl, Batgirl. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler, I don't like. Cassandra Kane, I do like it. And I like, but I like the original series, uh, the one that she, where she was Batgirl. No man like, stuff. Yeah, I like, I love that stuff because I've, they've been releasing the trades and I've been reading it. And we also talked about, about a little bit of it on that, what, uh, the fuck episode, uh, because I think Birdie had picked that for us to talk about. And yeah. I, I, so I love that character, although, um, I like her t- with Clayface in this, but I don't love how she's now Orphan. I don't like the idea of that name. She's still like Batgirl to me. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and no, yeah, no, the I fact that's yeah, like, and the fact that Stephanie Brown now is a spoiler. I think that's even worse because well, Stephanie Brown started a spoiler. No, I know, but I, I again, but like, like, like this spoiler is a fucking shitbag. Yes, exactly. The like, characterization, the, 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 the characterization, she, the of fact this that character. she was, like, the fact that she was like, "Hey, anarchy." Yes, you are somebody I want to hang out with. Yeah, and like the fucking horrible, goddamn, like Tumblr user they turned anarchy into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've, I've, yeah, no, you're. <laughs> it's true. Um. Uh, yeah, the hipster douchebag anarchy. <laughs> yeah, I. Um, yeah, so I have mixed feelings to be honest with the whole orphan thing. I don't know. What do you think of it? I like I like this characterization of her, but I definitely miss her as Batgirl. Like I wish she was. Still- I don't have as much history with with like uh, like her as Batgirl as you do. Okay, but I'm liking her as this. Like I yeah, like the backstory of how she was introduced was problematic to me because I just find the idea of mother retarded. Right. Just like oh, it's a villain that not even Batman could defeat. Because she was really good at human trafficking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Just like, I did not find Mother to be a compelling villain at all. And so having that be the vehicle to introduce Orphan is just fucking terrible. That was part of the inter- Eternal event, right? Yes, is Batman that- and Robin Eternal. Oh, okay. The right, second right. Eternal yeah. event. Okay. Which was demonstrably worse than the first, ter- than the first Eternal event. Right. Yeah. No, which I was pretty good it. up to that ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, but yeah, but I don't like, mind having, it. But then having like Cassandra Kane be there and be a part of this team, I have been really liking her. And I kind of like – it's weird. I One thing I didn't think I would like is her interest in ballet. That's interesting, yes. Yeah, it, it, is, yeah. it is a cool little – it's a cool little new addition to her character that wasn't there before mm-hmm. but makes perfect sense. 
I think it's it's just a way to bring to normalize the character more than just a murder machine, which she basically was through Lady Shiva. Like she yeah, kind of yeah, trained her. Yeah, she was to she be. was a murder machine, but then she tried to murder Harper's parents, and then was like, I feel shitty about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I, I love how her and Clayface had those moments together where yeah. they're like the misunderstood yeah, ones bros. of the group. Just yeah, bros hanging out, broing yeah. out. Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry, I jumped off the gun because for whatever reason, when you first said that, I, I was thinking of Stephanie in my head. But yeah, Cassandra's characterization in this I have really enjoyed. But I just the only thing I dislike is the fact that she's no longer Batgirl and she doesn't have that like cool like suit. Like she kind of she, she kind of still does, but she looked more like Ronan. Yeah, like I liked how how. Uh, the stitches looked on the old costume and I like how she was known as Batgirl. Like if they just called her Batgirl in this, I would think I would really dig it a lot more as opposed to her being orphan. Like, I don't like the whole idea that her names changed. Like, her, her, yeah, I, well it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a similar thing for like me and Tim Drake. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, that, and then if you have more history with that character, I can, I can totally understand that. Right. So well, it's, it's not even history. Just, just it is like any interaction I really had with Tim Drake. Right. Bef- like before this was he he was Red Robin, and that right. was like all right yes he is a he's a grown ass character like we have a new Robin now so we don't need fucking another one, right? But then he becomes Robin again for no fucking reason, mm-hmm. and it I think it's a and it's it's really weird like we have fucking like three Robins now or something and yet because because Barbara Gordon is still Batgirl. They they won't just pull the trigger and make Cassandra Kane Batgirl. I know. All because all because they took her out of the fucking wheelchair. I know. Yeah, I don't know. That's I, I uh, yeah, I don't know. That's what I mean. Like I that's why in this book I would even like like to think of because we already have Batwoman here uh, of Orphan as the Batgirl character because if she's going to go off and do her spoiler thing I I would like to see, but but she never really wanted, felt right, or wanted to be in that Batgirl position either. And the nice thing about the old Batgirl series was the fact that she had, um, what's her name, um, uh, the original Batgirl, what's Barbara, Barbara Gordon there to help her? Yeah, Babs. She, she yeah she had her there as spoiler to help her along the way, which was in that book a great dynamic of okay. That. So I think wanna, I think you're confusing characters again because like I'm, who are you talking about now? I'm talking about Orphan. Orphan was in the old Batgirl series. Yeah, but and, yeah, but you keep Bat- calling her spoiler. Did I? Sorry, I was talking about Orphan. Yeah, no, I <laughs> a lot of Batgirls. No, it was Orphan in that in that old Batgirl series. That was the one that yeah. Babs was Cassandra. Yeah, so, yes, Cassandra Kane. Yes, sorry. I, I, yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like Stephanie Brown keep, was spoiler. I know, I know that, but I keep making the mistake in my head when I <laughs> when I'm talking. Obviously, okay. So, anyways. Um, other than that, though, I, I in this issue they basically just wrapped up the storyline um, where Bat or Tim chose to oppose his future self and not take Batwoman out, and along with the rest of the team, they kind of took him down, and he kind of phased back into his own timeline because he screwed around in this timeline for too long, and he kind of disappeared. Um, it, yeah, just to kind of wrap things up quickly in terms of what happened in this arc. But uh, other than that, though, I thought it was just a you had a touching moment at the end where um, he's sitting there with his own future self, and uh, they're they're watching everything get destroyed around them because of the because he kind of basically tried to take out the Belfry and them, and in the process, he's like, "This whole building, Tim, this was our dream. It can still be our dream." And then he kind of just looks down and he starts crying and he's kind of like, no, he's like, you don't understand. Like, 
you got to make things right. Like we, you know, it's you have to murder your friend. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, but he's like, you're going to see it fall apart, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you know, hold on and try to not do this, make the same mistakes I did. And he kind of phases out and they're kind of just the rest of the team's just sitting there in the belfry as it's all been destroyed, looking out on the city and, uh, and and Batman's it, it, it calming in to him on the earpiece, saying like, "Tim, is like, is everything okay? Is like, are you there? Like, what happened?" And 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 it just ends the the issue. And uh, yeah, it was just a, a nice little arc. I thought I had a good time with it. I thought it got. If you don't know the character Tim Drake, I thought this was good introduction to his character. Yeah, one thing uh, I one thing I'm not that big yeah. a fan of is the future Tim Drake. Okay, you didn't enjoy like, that he showed up in this, or no? It just his character his characterization. Okay. Just yep. this, like, yeah, things are doomed to repeat itself. You're going to be mean no matter what. And, like, like fucking Tim, and like, future Tim had that giant scar on his arm from something else. And then he mm-hmm. gives and then he gives younger Tim the giant scar on his arm. He's like, so you're not going to be me. Right. It was just this weird fucking, like, fatalist view of time travel from a fucking universe where time travel means nothing. Mm. No, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, maybe that wasn't the wasn't the best and i mean the one thing i did like about his characterization that is that he at least acknowledged the fact that like, he told him he's like listen you're better than everybody here yeah. <laughs> like he at least he, you know i just liked i liked how it solidified his place even now in the bat universe yeah, by he saying is, listen he is the you're going Robin. to be yeah exactly exactly i number one with that. a bullet as opposed to yeah, fucking damien so. who's going around saying i'm the bestest while he's trying to beat jason todd to death with the crowbar again mm-hmm um and and I love how this 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 series is also included along the way even in this storyline in 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 some aspect uh Batwing and Azrael <laughs> like yeah, even 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 they're in the mix like he, he there's a funny little moment where he says he's like hey uh uh, what'd you guys call the team? And she's like, I don't know. Batwoman just calls us the team or something. She's like, yeah, you are fucking, fucking. She's like, you are Bruce's cousin. <laughs> just like, he's like, didn't you guys see the, the shape of the table? He's like, we're supposed to be called the Gotham Knights. Like, he's like, like you don't get dude. it, Excalibur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a really funny moment. It's I thought, like, look, <laughs> my dad knows some marketing people. We can get some trademarks going, get this shit, get the ball rolling on this, dude. Gotham Knights, let's do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and Kate just like eh, fuck off, <laughs> fuck off, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't Tim become the Joker in the uh, Batman Beyond universe? Uh, or am I mistaken? Kind no? of. Okay, I thought I heard that somewhere before. Yeah, in yeah in Batman did. Beyond, um, there was an episode that went back to like the moment of that the moment like this this horrible moment in Batman's past where uh he, where like the where, like, Joker kidnapped Tim Drake. And then spent weeks torturing him, turning him into a mini-me version of the Joker. Oh, that's pretty shitty. Yeah, yeah and so and so then yeah. everyone, so then um and so then uh, he gives the, so then he gives um uh, the Joker gives Tim a like fucking a fucking like you know one of the one of the, like the bang flag spear guns, right? And tells him to fucking shoot Batman. And then at the last second, he manages to, like fight through the mind control and mind breaking and shoot the Joker, killing him. And he just sitting there with a giant Joker smile on his face, just crying. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's regularly it's regularly appeared it's regularly featured on like one of those like here are the nine darkest episodes of fucking children's cartoons, brother. Uh okay. Yeah, one of those YouTube video compilations, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Detective Comics, if you have you haven't read it up to this point, um or if you have any interest in Tim, I, I definitely check it out. 
uh, or in what's even come before this, because I think it's been a fairly solid series. Other than Batman, I think this has been my favorite Bat book coming out of Rebirth um, uh, for me. I read this and I read Batman. I read Nightwing, but like I said, it's been up and down the quality at times. Yeah. At least, not even just the quality, just certain stories I've enjoyed more than other certain stories that they've been telling. Like, it's been good for the most part, but... Yeah, and then they it, fucking... It, then the, and then the whole fucking DC editorial, no member of the Bat family can be happy. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to Sam Humphreys coming onto that book and see what he brings to it. Man, so I really like Sean. Yeah, I know, that was sad. She got that fucking was, shafted. Yeah, she did. Yeah, and she kind of seen him kissing fucking Huntress. Like yeah, because that fucking makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways. Jesus. Yep, so that's it for me. All right, then. So that's what we're reading then. On to news. So on top of the stuff I mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, so Marvel uh, through a bunch of real fucking clickbait bullshit kind of post things uh, has released a new has released uh, the has fully released the roster for their upcoming X-Men Red book. The X-Men the third X-Men book, which this time is being led by Jean Grey. Hmm. But like older Jean Grey? I tried to go high there, but my voice wouldn't let me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is not the one from the past. This is the Oh yeah, because she's on X-Men Blue. Yeah. So this is she's back now, older Green Jay uh Jean Grey. Um uh, let's let's go with yes. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. They're having a Phoenix. They're having some sort of Phoenix issue thing where I think that's what's happening. Like, it's called Phoenix Resurrected or some shit. Okay. Fuck it. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So, <laughs> the team has officially been revealed as Jean Grey, Gentle, Namor, Gabby, hmm. uh, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, hmm. like Laura Wolverine, mm-hmm. and then a new character, uh, Trinary. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. I like some of those people. <laughs> yeah. I know some of those people. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them I, I'm not familiar yeah, with either. Yeah. So. I have no idea who the, fuck, who the fuck Gentle is. Who's, which, Gabby who? Gabby. G- Gabby, um, Laura's sister. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Who, as said, as stated in the, in the Wolverine book, needs her own superhero name. Mm-hmm. Just it would just it's it's not it's not it kind of like undercuts things when it's like it's Wolverine and her sidekick Gabby <laughs> with their pet Wolverine yeah with with, with their pet Wolverine Jonathan <laughs> that's my favorite part about that book that actually it, it'd be kind of great if it was like hey, like hey everybody it's the well known superhero Laura and her sidekick Gabby and their Wolverine Jonathan I'd be way down for it if they, if they just started calling Laura if they started calling like Laura as Wolverine just Laura. <laughs> there's like no Wolverine there's like no Wolverine at all, just fuck it. But like, thank God thing- you're here, Laura. We need your help. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that excited me about this announcement is, is which we'll get to is the writer that, that's writing this. Yeah. So uh, yeah. the book uh will be written by Tom Taylor. Yeah. I I'm checking it out for yeah. sure. With art by Mahmoud Azrar. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Yeah, Mahmoud, yeah. No, I mean I mean the last name, Asrar. Oh, Asrar, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, and covers will be done by um Traver Terrest. 
Yeah, so Jean Grey will be leading a new team that will feature, quote, new uniforms, a new team headquarters, and exciting new characters, as well as dynamic hero moments, great character interactions, and a super villain at the end. Or sorry, a surprise villain at the end. That is a terrible description of this fucking book. <laughs> yeah, that was That shitty. makes me want to kill myself. I'm going to check this out, though. I mean, I, I, like, I like Tom Taylor. I like his characterization of Laura uh, in his own book with her, so yeah, I'll like, check it out. Like, I... I I feel like at this I know point, you're not a big X Men guy. But. No, I, I feel like at this point, I, I'm not a big X Men guy, but I'm a big Laura guy. Yeah, so you got. So I feel like out. I'm obligated to read anything she's in. And you like Tom Taylor, right? So yeah, Tom right? Taylor. Yeah, Tom Taylor's pretty good. I think. He, yeah, he did yeah. a he did a good chunk of the fucking Injustice stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and he's writing the current all new Wolverine uh, Laura book. So yeah, uh, yeah. So I'll check. Which this makes out. sense why Gabby's there because she's the best. I mean, I gotta find other colored team books to read now that I can't read X Men Gold because it's racist and uh, X Men <laughs> Blue. Uh, X Men Blue has been good, but <laughs> uh. yeah, X Men Gold is a piece of shit. I've been, like I said I've, on the show, I've I've, I've enjoyed X Men Blue though. Um, but man, yeah. fucking comics. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, you got uh, racist hidden messages, sexually harassing fucking <laughs> editors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, anyway. Moving on. This is something I'm kind of excited about. Uh, so DC has just announced that there will that um, this February, there will be a six-issue miniseries focusing on Mera. Ooh. Yeah. Written, nice. written by Dan Abnett. Oh, even better. <laughs> yeah, and drawn here, by Lan Medina. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, it'll he, be a six-issue miniseries. Um, that's just, awesome. Yeah, I'll, just read this, I'll just read this solicitation. As the brutal Atlantean civil war rages, Mera must keep the peace between the surface world and Atlantis as its newly anointed queen in exile. But when Aquaman's brother, Orm, a.k.a. Ocean Master, learns of his homeland's fate, he will stop at nothing to return to Atlantis as its king and savior. So yeah, it's yeah. gonna be so it's gonna be Mara versus the Surface and Orm. That's cool. No, that's great that she's gonna get a, her own little series. And the fact that Dan Abnett is currently writing Aquaman's gonna be doing it. That's oh that's yeah, great. And, like Mara has been fucking great in that Dan Abnett book. Has she? Yeah, I need I need to get caught up. You on really that do. Series. That is a yeah. it is a good fucking book. And like I think when, I jumped and, ship too early. I think I jumped like ship after the first. Is arc. saying this Aquaman book's really good. Right. Yeah, I know you guys. I, I, yeah, like, I'm I, going I, to. Like, till the day I die, I will be an Aquaman apologist. I will always go up there and say, yo, Aquaman <laughs> is cool, you fuckers. Right. Because he fucking is. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, but I've, I've heard this is actually is a good time for Oh, yeah, yeah, this is a really so, interesting yeah. book, and it is doing yeah. a lot of really good things right now. Like, Step on Sage, Step on Sage is doing artwork. Right. And he is a fucking monster. Yeah. But like the best kind of monster, I but I, I need to come up. With, I need to come up with new terminology. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not a monster beast. <laughs> There's a difference. One one is a horrible sexual offender. The other one is a scientist. God damn it! <laughs> nice. I like where you took that. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah. So. <sighs> Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. I think you're right. I think it's time for me to catch up. I I I jumped ship after the first arc of the book, but I heard it really found its legs after that. Like, it, oh yeah, totally. Uh, it it managed yeah. to 
after after that, like I I like that initial arc, but it got way better. Right. That's all I needed to hear. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll get caught up on it. All right then. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll talk. I'll have to bring it to the show one of these days once I do get caught up, and we can uh, we can all jam on that. <laughs> yeah. And then that yeah. Day, I can also jam about Green Lanterns because I read some of that. Did you? Yeah. It's Did you? Good. Did, Yes. Okay. Thank you. There's. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't read it. Just because I kind of gushed about it a couple times on the show here, and uh, yeah, as like, you know, like and, Simon's yeah. a okay. bit of a d bag, but like, I think Jessica's it works. Great. Yeah. Yes. Jessica is right? fantastic. The dynamic between the two characters is is great in that book, right? Like, it, and it's it, got, like, it got better. Like those first few issues, Simon is unreasonably a dictator. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, yeah. like I, I like Simon Baz, but he was. I started to hate him in that fucking book. Yeah, yeah. No, because, but that, because but like Jess, they look she's out fucking, for each other. Because like Jess is trying, man. She's doing her best. Right. And and she's doing, she's doing pretty good. And she fucking makes construct. She, right. Yeah. I know. It was good. I feel good. things about comics, and I like them again. <laughs> I'm glad. I, I'm glad you enjoyed it because, like I said, I, I, I always feel like I'm alone when I, I see these Green Lantern things, and you guys have such a <laughs> disdain for uh, for some of the old Green Lantern stuff. We right? specifically so. have a disdain for Hal Jordan. Yeah, fair enough. He, like, which, like Kyle yeah. Rayner's a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Like I read fucking New Guardians. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, New 52 New Guardians, not that New Guardians where a bunch of plant people had to fuck. <laughs> yeah, anyway. That's yeah. it for this week. Um, yeah, all right. <laughs> Thank y'all for joining us. We will be back in two weeks' time with another episode of the DeathStoreProds.com comic book podcast. In between now and then, though, hopefully, we'll have a regular run of these baby reviews podcasts. Ow! <laughs> kinds of bullshit, but... Till then... I'm dead. I'm Nico. We will. See you guys next time. <laughs>